0: The Cyberpunk 2.0 moment is almost here and there are elements of what is coming that are free but there are also things that will be behind a paywall and they recently established those separate sort of dividing lines between those two things. I want to talk about those details and sort of ask the question do they have a right to charge for the content at this point? But I also wanted to walk through my own hopes for Cyberpunk. I really have actually pushed for more and more games to have their sort of what I call their no man's sky moment right a moment where they're able to come back and put things back on course and really sort of redeem the game that struggled even if cyberpunk 2077 never hooks me in the way that I want I'm rooting for the game I'm rooting for its comeback because I want more games to have these moments now i put all of the good information right here at the beginning of the video that way you don't have to go looking forward uh, for it it's a longer video right i open with the monologue and then i discuss it with the live audience so if you like this kind of live content hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my shows with Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty around the corner, the game seems to be aiming at having a 2.0 moment. That's literally the patch number that has lined up with Phantom Liberty. I had previously predicted that they would try to make this DLC and expansion align with a 2.0 patch to just send this loud and clear message. This is a 2.0 moment for the game. This is the this is the turning point, as, the, as it were. Now, this is sort of, in my minds and in many people's minds, a bit of a do-over, maybe a bit of a, of a reset, an opportunity to really recapture people or give people the game that they had originally hoped to receive. Now, we recently did a video about why you should consider starting over all the way over when it drops because of all of the new systems that have been put into the the game now the info i have may further persuade you to do that i think i'm going to do that with the the nature of the game and where i kind of fell off i want to give it sort of that fresh start i also have information about how much of the game do you need to complete or beat before you can jump into the phantom liberty dlc so first i want to look at what is happening with the 2.0 patch what's free what is behind a paywall second i want to talk about my hopes for cyberpunk i'm not under the illusion of thinking that this will be a completely different game but at some levels it sounds like it will be a very different and better experience i'm a big believer in games having their second chance which is why i want to end by talking about where and why we might see more and more no man's sky moments in video games Personally, I hope we don't need to have a lot of more No Man's Sky moments, but that remains to be seen. If it's going to be a continuing threat, thread and trend in gaming that, hey games need to have their their comeback so what exactly is going on with 2.0 right in 2.0 games radar said the following the rpg will see two major events later this month phantom liberty the long-awaited and paid for expansion and update 2.0 the free patch that plans to overhaul vast areas of the rpg and now cd project red has clarified which of these features are included in the free update, and which ones will have to be paid for. So, I have an image that we're gonna look at, okay? They tweeted this image out, and it makes it very, very clear what's in 2.0 that is totally free, and what do you have to pay for? So if you're like, man, I don't really feel like giving them any money, I'm not even sure if I'm gonna like the game anymore, Just look at the blue side. That's the free update. The 2.0 update comes with redesigned skill trees and perks, revamped cyberware and new capacity system, vehicle combat and car chases, combat AI improvements, new police system, UI and UX improvements, loot items and crafting changes, new radio stations, including community radio station Growl FM. So for absolutely no money, if you already own Cyberpunk, you can boot up the game and you can check out all these changes on September the 26th when everything gets pushed out. Now, if you do decide to spend some money, you get everything on the other side of the image, the paid expansion, the red side. So I think this is a good way to do it, right? Because you have to get fairly far into the game before you could even try out the Phantom Liberty DLC and the new content and the new story and the new area so boot up the game for the first time like I'm gonna do, right? Do a fresh start, I've had a lot of false starts with this game, it's just never hooked me, and play for a while, and if it convinces you this is amazing, this is great, this is so much better, then guess what? Then you can buy the Phantom Liberty DLC, I think they've set this up rather well now if you decide to spend the money, you get Dogtown, a dangerous new district, brand new storyline and characters, new Quests, gigs, boss fights, and more, vehicle missions and airdrops, endless dynamic events, uh, and an all-new relic skill tree and abilities, 100-plus new items, this is weapons, cyberware, cars, and fashion, vehicle missile launchers, and a level cap increase to 60. Now, it's currently at 50, so you're going to be able to bump it up by 10. Now, needless to say, that is pretty substantive, and the question is, do they have a right to sell it for $29.99. I actually believe that they do. I think they've spent the better part of the last three years fixing a lot of the issues in the game. In my personal estimation, it never got to the place that I wanted it to get, but it's currently sitting at an 89% on Steam for the last 30 days. So in the last 30 days, it almost has a 90%. That's really impressive, given everything that's happened with this game. Its overall score on Steam is an 80%, and that's after 500,000 Review. So half a million people have weighed in on Cyberpunk on Steam, and it has an 80%. I actually think that's a very good score. After the launch that it had, it's amazing that it's above a 70, right? So, Phantom Liberty, as far as I can tell, is coming with another significant patch and batch of great updates and changes that are totally free. So anybody is going to try out 2.0 and then you can decide to get the extra content after. You've got plenty of time to make that decision because according to CG Project Red, there's no rush here. This will be the only expansion for Cyberpunk 2077. According to Xfire.com, the decision has actually been made said SVP of business development Michael Nowakowski. As we have announced, he says, a long time ago, we're not going to make a second or third expansion. This is the only expansion of the game and it has nothing to do with the numbers and how satisfied or not we are with sales or anything of that kind. So the reason to leave it behind is actually a technological decision. If you have missed the announcement, they publicly announced they would be leaving behind their proprietary red engine for the Unreal 5 engine. However, the recent quote about this sounds a little different than how it first read as an announcement now Wachowski goes on to say it is a technological decision to be honest this is the last time we are going with the Red Engine for the time being at least and in the foreseeable future you know we're going to be working with Unreal Engine from Epic this was one of the key reasons why we decided there would be only one so they're deciding there's only going to be one expansion in Cyberpunk because of this switch to Unreal but then he says we're not this is the last time we're working on Red Engine for the time being at least Now, that's a softer version of what we've heard in the previous announcement. The previous announcement was that all future projects, all future anything was going to be Unreal 5. Now, it seems like maybe they're leaving themselves open to the fact that they may come back to... The red engine now he may have left that open just because I don't know if they've got things planned for older Witcher games and maybe it's just easier to do remasters and remakes within the actual engine that they were built in So that's possibly why he left some room there so they're not done with the franchise or the property okay they're not done with cyberpunk just because they're not doing any more DLC or expansions for cyberpunk 2077 right the core main systems have been updated in major ways. I think this is probably a great time to check out the game for the first time, or try to dive back in like myself, which is why I want to talk about my hopes for this expansion. Recently, I had somebody leave a comment on one of my Cyberpunk videos. I just did one about whether or not you should start over fresh. And I just sort of restated some of my issues with the game. And they basically left a comment and said, listen, you've got so many issues with this game, so many criticisms, it's doubtful that Phantom Liberty is going to change that, right? At one level, I think they're right. I don't know if the story, the writing, or the voice acting is is ever going to hook me. And I think that plays a significant role in the game. I think it'd be a pretty big barrier for my enjoyment. It always probably will be a pretty big barrier for my enjoyment. I've always found the writing and the voice acting to be incredibly subpar in a sea of games that I think have far better writing and far better voice acting, especially when the story is is the driver, but I've always wanted the guns. I've always wanted the combat and the world itself to hook me. There's just something about cyberpunk that's always made me jealous of the people that are enjoying it. It's kind of like turn-based games, right? There are so many... Uh, great turn-based games, their artwork, their characters, their story, and I just kind of have to sit on the sidelines. Like st- turn-based games have just never been able to hook me for a significant amount of time. Maybe Ballers Gate Three can change that for me, right? We're gonna be trying that out this week with my wife for a member stream, and we'll see if we can have fun with that one long term. I'm not holding my breath. That's just the nature of who I am and how you know how I've kind of grown up as a gamer. And I've always felt very similar about Cyberpunk, right? I've always felt jealous of all the people who've been able to enjoy this game. So, you know, maybe starting fresh with all the updates of the skill trees, the combat, the loot, the combat AI, maybe it will finally land on me and I'll put some time in. Also, the expansion offers brand new story and items, so obviously it sounds like they would, you know, I I might have to work my way to get there, though. I'll have that information for you in just a second. But if this game ever had a chance to hook me, I would think that this is it. And it isn't an exaggeration, I don't think, to say this is the game's last shot with me. For many, this is a dream come true because of how much they enjoy the game, and I'm genuinely excited for fans of Cyberpunk. If there's ever been an audience that deserves what Phantom Liberty and the 2.0 update promise, I promises, I, it's you, it's the fans of this game, the people that have stuck it out, the people that have put in a lot of play sessions because this game did not launch in a good state. I also hope that the game establishes what an open world RPG shooter can be. I think a lot of us are still waiting for that genre to truly evolve. Destiny is still very much Destiny. It hasn't really changed formula all that much over the years. Starfield has its own elements that are dated, right? It's an RPG with lots of loot and lots of guns and things that you can customize and craft but even it sort of feels like a dated game. I want an open-world RPG shooter, especially one with a lot of loot. I just want that genre to evolve. I just don't feel like it has really gone anywhere in recent years. Everybody keeps trying to do it, and in my estimation, they're failing. I fear that many studios are just pushing games to market. They're trying to capitalize on the vacancies, like they've seen so many RPGs, so many RPG looter shooters, or RPG shooters, that have just fallen flat on their face, and they're like, well, let's hurry up and get to market, because there's, you know, nobody is doing a great job with it now. I think we're seeing something very similar with VR games right? They're just pushing games to market really fast because there's a vacancy and then the quality of the games end up suffering. I think a significant challenge here is that games of this scope and Their size and their breadth, it just takes a really long time to make them. So if you started building one right now, if you said, listen, we need to build an amazing RPG shooter with lots of loot right now. Well, if you started building it right now, your game would not land until 2028 or 2029, right around then, right? Five or six years, if you really take your time with it especially if you're doing a big, big open world game with a massive loot table. That's just a dangerous idea because of how fast technology, how fast games advance. By the time it's 2028 or 2029, larger and more ambitious games like that would land and feel dated. I think that's one of the reasons you're seeing that with Starfield. It just, it took so long to get to market. I remember there was, I think it was Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter or Advanced Soldier, Future Soldier. It took so long to come out, it was delayed so many times that when I finally got my hands on it, I was like, this feels like kind of a dated game. This has got a lot of old tropes in it, right? And that's why I want to talk about this in my final section. I really want to see more No Man's Sky moments. No Man's Sky has become such a unique game in the history of video games. I certainly don't want more games to launch and feel like a list of broken promises, and while I do think some of No Man's Sky launch issues were overstated, it is certainly one game in a long list of games that launched to disappointed and angry fans. And to go from that extreme to where it stands now is quite impressive. It's now basically the video game industry's comeback hit. And while it should be celebrated, I think it should also be pointed out just how unique Hello Games situation is. They've got lower operating costs, they've got quite a bit more freedom than somebody the size of CD Projekt Red. And beyond that, there are certain games that I think lend themselves more to ongoing improvements, Cyberpunk, much like No Man's Sky, doesn't necessarily need a vibrant and engaged player base to function. Destiny, for example, has always had to consider how their changes and updates and their content will function as sort of a mechanism to maintain engagement. That's going to change your development philosophy. That's going to change your content philosophy because the content has to be structured in a way to get people logging in day to day, week to week, and then coming back for all future pieces. That's not necessarily true for No Man's Sky or Cyberpunk because you don't need players in the world for it to work, right? It's not an online, ongoing live service game. I think ongoing live service games that feature elements of an MMO or looter shooters and things like that, they're always going to face that particular problem. That it can't just be good content. It has to be content that keeps people playing a forever game obviously maintained engagement leads to more potential revenue and that's how those models work but a game like cyberpunk is trying to do something that's difficult for different reasons and in different ways first impressions are everything and many in the gaming world myself included They'll simply drop a game and just never look back if it doesn't deliver. Beyond that, returning players can feel lost. This video right here is called New Ways to Play, right? Well, new ways to play for who? For the people that have been playing, sure, but new players will feel a bit lost. They don't know how many updates you have done. They don't know all that you've changed. I always felt that tension with New World, the MMO. They've made so many system-wide, massive changes to the gameplay and the content loop that to come back feels like I'm immediately in the deep end of the pool. I'm not oriented to anything that's going on or anything that has changed. Even more, you don't even have a way to track the improvements. They could have made guns better, cars better, the quests could flow better, but you've not been playing, so you have no point of comparison. I think all of this makes it difficult for games to have their No Man's Sky moment. Hello, games have brilliantly couched their updates into named updates with long lists. ...of their additions and their changes. And they always draw attention to this whenever they do an update. They sort of say, look at everything we've done. They show you all of the updates they've done. They've got really, really great, I think, iconography... ...and their font and their colors. They do an excellent job. You look at those updates and you really want to play. Whoever's in charge of that aspect of what Hello Games does... ...I think they've done an excellent job. Every time I see one of their tweets tracking all their updates... I want to dive back into the game. I feel like I'm missing out on just a massive, overhauled, updated, beautiful game. And drawing attention to that, I think, is important for people to see just how far the game has come. You don't have to be playing No Man's Sky to know, look how far the game has come from its launch date, right? The difficulty with Cyberpunk is much of what they've done is just a long list of patch notes, right? But I do think it would be helpful for CD Projekt Red to take a page out of the Hello Games book. Give us a list, give us a trailer, give us a a thread on Twitter that just establishes how far the game has come with respect to... To content right maybe even include some of the most significant updates or patch changes it shows commitment it shows what new or returning players need to know if they're trying to kind of orient to the game and how much has changed and improved so they're sort of an onboarding process it makes it easier for cyberpunk for players that are starting over to kind of see okay what all has happened to the game since i haven't been touching it that's sort of my plan is to start over fresh i want to see You know, this allows, I think, in-game tutorials, opening missions, and content to be better crafted around the idea of onboarding. And according to primagames.com, this is important information. If you choose to play through Cyberpunk 2077 from the start, you must progress a reasonable amount before taking your character into the DLC. You actually have to reach Act 2 This is where you meet Johnny Silverhand, that's Keanu Reeves' character, and make your way to Pacifica. That's part of the 16th main mission called I Walk the Line. This is roughly 10 hours into the game. Okay, that's how far you've got to get in order to get into this DLC. Now Charlie Intel corroborated this info, so this info is seemingly pretty rock solid. You're going to have to put about 10 hours in and get to about Mission 16 before you can jump into the DLC. So now on one hand, I'm actually glad that I don't have to beat the game to play this new expansion and DLC. On the other hand, I need to put in 10 hours before I can even try out the new content. So that's a good thing I do think for folks like myself and maybe you if you're returning or getting into it for the first time right? Like, you have no pressure to buy Phantom Liberty for the first 10 hours, you just don't if you already own the game, boot up on the 26th, get the free update and check everything out fresh, fresh playthrough, and if you get to that 10th hour and you're like, bro I'm going, this game is so much better now that's when you would buy Phantom Liberty, I think that's a very very good structure, so With just a few weeks to go before Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty release date, I can safely say this will be the game's last chance. Well, for me at least. So let me give you my thoughts and my conclusions. Cyberpunk is one of those games that will be referenced for years to come? I'm not sure that CD Projekt Red likes being a gamer sort of reference point for bad game launches. It's sort of the one that we always refer to. Is it Cyberpunk bad? Those are questions that we commonly use. Now, they may have passed that baton to Redfall, but I do think Cyberpunk's more iconic historically. It's more memorable as a game. It was a bigger game. You know, it was it was hyped to end and back, and I think it's always going to be sort of that that long distant shadow of that was one of the worst game launches ever right i also think it's a good test case for things like scope creep marketing a game too early and over promising these are all things i think we're seeing sort of drift into the past we're seeing shorter marketing windows we're seeing conference events like gamescom where most of the games that show up are already announced but more than that i also think it's a good example as how to push a game to be supported ...to be improving it and updating it and adding to it. I don't think it's necessarily at the level of improvement and evolution that we've seen in No Man's Sky, but I definitely think it's another contender for a comeback kid story. The second thing I want to say is, I don't know if Phantom Liberty in the 2.0 update is going to be enough to win folks like myself over. And that's okay. That's not the sole determination of whether or not this is a quality expansion. I think the vast majority of people who buy it and play it are already fans of Cyberpunk to varying degrees. I don't think you're going to see a groundswell of people who have never played cyberpunk storming this game down now that could happen in the wake of it coming out if it really does turn the game around word of mouth will spread and you may see a huge surge in sales for this game Gamers like me who have false started with the game multiple times or just never really thought the game was up to par, I don't know if we're the target audience. So if it convinces us or it wins some of us over to any degree, I would say that is an amazing accomplishment because I don't necessarily think that's what it's setting out to do. Most of what they've updated and changed seems to be built around player feedback, the people who have been playing the most, the people who are heavily invested. I think that means a lot of them are going to be the ones that are the most satisfied by all the overhauled systems and updates. My conclusion is this. Cyberpunk always feels like a mixture of emotions for me. Obviously, a lot of us felt anger about the launch and the state of the game on console. We felt that we were sort of ripped off and we were really frustrated about just how bad the game was. Both old and, I think, next-gen alike, we just did not like where the game landed. It was in a terrible state on old-gen, and we, it took a long time to get the next-gen update, and even then, I didn't feel like the next-gen update did quite enough. But then I end up feeling jealousy for the people who absolutely love the game and have gotten multiple playthroughs out of it. I mean, I just I genuinely feel jealous. I'm like, I wish I could have done that. I love shooter games. I love games with lots of loot. I love RPGs, right? So, I then start to have hope. I feel hope for the game, sort of mixed with lingering doubt. The person who left that comment on my one Cyberpunk video recently, they may be right. Cyberpunk may just never be the game for me, and that's okay. But with Phantom Liberty, I can't help but give them one last chance. And that's more than I can say for a lot of the games that I've tossed over my shoulder and never went back to. And that's the show open. Thank you guys so much for being here. I know it's a holiday, so a lot of our core audience will probably not be here. But that's okay. I thought this was worth covering. Uh, we needed to take a break from covering the other game. <laughs> and uh, and we, we kind of saved this one uh, because they were releasing some good information. They were releasing those tweets and updates. And I thought this is going to be, I think, a good a, a good uh, a good topic to cover. And it's always been something that I've wanted. I've always wanted Cyberpunk to to hook me. I've always wanted to be able to go the distance with the game. And this is the first and only expansion. It gets a little confusing because some of their updates were so substantive, they actually referred to their updates as DLC. So, guys, it's a Monday. Let's start the week right. Let's get the likes going. We could easily hit 200 likes really, really quickly. And with this many people here, that would send a loud and clear message. It'll get more folks in here. Light Roast is on the way. We do have our Dark Roast. Okay, so make sure you get your coffee orders in. Get the member goal started. We're in September now. No longer a stretch goal. The new goal is I have to play Gollum and gift a Member every time I complain and that's only a 4,500 goal. So we've lowered that goal out of the stretch goal territory to make it achievable for you guys and Joker Quinn starts us off with the first Gifted Member. Thank you so much. What are y'all's plans for Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty? Where are you landing on this one in particular? Because for me yeah I am. I'm wearing the Starfield watch. I'm trying to get used to Having on a wearable, I've not done wearables in a while. I actually kind of like it. Like I, you know, I got back into having like rings and stuff because my wife got me one and I don't, I, I kind of enjoy accessorizing a little bit and I may get a more advanced wearable. This one's obviously very, very basic, right? It's nice. It, you know, it's kind of stylish. It doesn't do much. But it's cool, and it is directly from the game, which is kind of neat for those who are, you know, if you're, if you're still playing. It's, like, down in the corner on the UI. So, yes, I am wearing it. I, I paid for it, after all, you know. <laughs> I might as well wear it for a little bit. Um, and I got a little sun over the weekend. You can kind of tell. You can kind of tell I got a little bit of sun over the weekend at the soccer games coaching. Um, I'll be getting the Cyberpunk DLC. The base game has already improved so much I've been enjoying the pre-DLC 2.0 update. When does 2.0 start, though? What do you mean? You've been enjoying the pre-DLC 2.0 update. I thought 2.0 landed at the exact same time as the DLC. I mean, they literally sent that tweet. Like, this image, th- this image right here, free update and Phantom Liberty, it says, coming to PC, Series XS, and PlayStation 5. You're talking as if it's already out. I don't think that that's true, is it? If that's true, then, you know, people could be working on the first 10 hours that they need to get anyway right now. But I, I don't think that that's true. 2.0 releases with the DLC. Okay, thank you. I was like, that is really, really weird. How'd the girls do? It was, it was a bloodbath. We had, because of the holiday weekend, we were missing four people. <laughs> we didn't even have enough players. We had to play down a player the whole game. And the other team didn't, didn't... <laughs> They ran a 5-2 on me the whole dadgum time. I was like, really? Okay. (laughs) I'll remember this because we're going to play you again later this season. I'm going to remember this. I'm writing this one down. Sure. (laughs) Okay. I don't even have enough players. I don't even have enough players and you run a 5-2. Okay. I'm making a mental note. Another gifted member from DK Beggar. Thank you so much. I've not long completed the game, so I'll probably pass for now. Perhaps... Uh, I'll go back to it. I've heard CD Projekt Red are moving on from the game after DLC. 2.0 is coming out before the DLC. How? How? Like, wh- what? what? Is it coming out like a day or so? Right? Payback for that 7-0 game? We, I pulled my girls back when we were winning that badly. I was a good sport. I don't like, like, walloping another team. Uh, 2.0 update release date do we have a date i don't see anything just to be clear there hasn't been any misinformation or anything like that but fans are wondering whether certain changes deployed prior to the dlc's launch on the dlc cyberpunk update release date it looks like it's expected to drop on the 12th it's i'm seeing i'm seeing i'm seeing the 12th september the 12th is that true Wait, this means the update will arrive somewhere around the 9th or the days after. Okay, so we'll have an opportunity to play the game. We'll have an opportunity to showcase the update before the DLC gets here. Because the DLC is the 26th. So if the update lands on like, I don't even know... Maybe my wording threw you off. I meant the game. Oh, you're talking. You're enjoying the game before it all comes out. Yeah, your phrasing threw me off. I was like, wait, 2.0 is out now? Um, okay, okay. So you'll be able to get the free download around the 9th or the 12th. I, it's, uh, somebody in chat saying the 12th. I've got another report here saying the 12th. We've got another report saying around the 9th or the days after, okay? So that means we can showcase that before phantom liberty releases and then listen if it hooks me i'll do the work i'll play it in the evenings so that when phantom liberty drops we can jump right in and i can show it to you that should be enough time for me i can usually play about an hour a night especially if it's for work lately i've just been playing final fantasy final fantasy 16 for pleasure in the evenings it's not for work and i'll play between 30 minutes and an hour and then i go put the kids to bed and then i like watch a show with my wife or something so i don't play for very long which certain games are more conducive to that kind of play session i'll be starting a brand new character for the update and the dlc drop i'm trying to save armored core 6 and sea of stars oh you're trying to have those done by then so i can jump in and see the game that we should have gotten at launch It will hook you I hope that it does I totally hope that it does I've always said there's a handful of games that I've always wanted to enjoy right I've changed as a gamer so I know I would enjoy the Witcher 3 now but when Witcher 3 came out I was like I can't enjoy it there's too much dialogue it drove me freaking crazy I've really changed now I would love a Witcher three play session, right? It's it's a little bit too long gone for me to really care about. I'm working my way through Final Fantasy sixteen, then I'm gonna work my way through, I think, Last of Us Part One remake, and then I'll finally play Last of Us Part Two. I've never played those. Like I want to go through a backlog of games that are a little bit more new, uh, a little bit more next gen. But I've always felt jealousy about Cyberpunk. I've always felt like. Man, some of y'all love that game so much. You've gotten so much life out of it in so many play sessions. And I look at the guns and I look at the world and the characters and I'm like, I, I wish I could. I do. I wish I could like it. And I just have never been able to do it. Aren't you playing Starfield in the evenings? No. I have no. I have no reason to play that game. It, I don't like it at all. I, I don't I don't like it at all. And I'd have to play it on my PC just to enjoy it. And I'm not I have a rig in the living room that I could try to install it on and see if I could get decent performance. Maybe I could piecemeal that game and enjoy it. It just I just did nothing about it hooked me. Nothing. Everything I wanted to have to like be hooked by, I I was incredibly disappointed by. I just We're going to do some Starfield streams this week because more and more stuff's coming out. I'll definitely be doing one on Friday with Mike to talk about his time with the game. But, yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking. Eyes on the horizon. There's so many other games coming out. There's Lies of P. There's Lords of the Fallen. There's the Cyberpunk expansion. There's Spider-Man. There's just so many games coming out. It's not worth spending time on a game that just doesn't do what I wanted it to. I'm not going to do that thing where... So many people do this, right? Like they try to beat a game into submission. I've I've had the same attitude about Cyberpunk. I've had the exact same attitude about Cyberpunk. I've given Cyberpunk many, many times. I've given it many, many false starts, and I'm like, yeah, no. I just I it just doesn't hook me. And I there's too many games out for me to 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 do that and to give it that amount of time. I don't I don't see the benefit of forcing myself. Uh, to to like to play through a game if I'm not enjoying it, right? I really liked Armored Core 6. I just don't have time for Armored Core 6 right now. I would love to play Armored Core 6 in the evenings, but I'm trying to relax in the evenings. That's not exactly a game where I'd get relaxed. I'd get kind of frustrated. Um, p- plus, I'm working my way through Final Fantasy 16. I've always wanted to go back and do a replay of Sekiro as well. I just don't know where I would do it, right? Right. I, it's like I love Sekiro. I would love a fresh playthrough, but it's really hard to play Sekiro in the evenings when I'm trying to relax. Does that make sense? Like I'm trying to wind down for the day, not get amped up and have my adrenaline pumping. Because even if you have a successful play session in a game like Armored Core or Sekiro, man, your adrenaline gets going like big time. So if you're just tuning in, we're talking about Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty, and apparently, I, I we just learned this morning. I wish I would have known that in the uh, in the in the show open. I didn't realize that the 2.0 update was coming about a week or two before, about a week or two before the actual expansion drops. So you'll have an opportunity. Everybody who owns Cyberpunk, you'll have an opportunity to jump in. And get, play the update for free. It's totally a free update as long as you own the game. And uh, and try it out. And if you like what they've done, if you like the changes, they're encouraging people to start over fresh. Well, then you've got plenty of reason to buy the, uh, buy the expansion. So, yo, BumblePants with 12 months. Excited for 2.0. I really want this game to grab me thanks so much for an entire year of support Bumble Pants that's a gold badge guys if you haven't done so already take the time to press a like button it helps out The video and it's totally free. You could also consider gifting some members or becoming a member yourself. I have an upload coming later today about rumors about a say to play, and then we'll go to a members only debrief after the fact. If you are a member or you're considering becoming a member, my wife tried out Starfield this last Friday and it was hysterical. You definitely want to go watch it. The show open where we just talked to you guys was also hilarious but then we then we played through the game and it was very fun she's she is a completely different player than me so it was enjoyable i just started uh will my gameplay update okay so if you just started in cyberpunk i'm not telling you what to do i'm just gonna make a recommendation i would pump the brakes i wouldn't do anything i would stop and i would wait for the 2.0 update. We're hearing that the 2.0 update is going to dramatically change even the beginning of the game, how they introduce systems, how they introduce the weapons and other things like that. Does that make sense? I'll be grabbing Baldur's Gate 3 for PS5 on Wednesday. We'll probably buy it on Xbox when it comes out there as well. I think i've got i think Baldur's Gate's already installed. On mine. It installed over the weekend. Now, was that just preload or did I pay for early access or something? It doesn't matter. Madam and I will be playing that Friday night. We're gonna we're gonna each make characters and see how it goes. It should be hysterical. Remember, you have to play with the female voice. The male voice will do the opposite of hook you. I'm actually gonna do that this time because I think I think I picked the male voice lead the last time, and I was like, this guy sounds like he's asleep. And everyone's like, oh, you're supposed to pick the female voice actor. And I'm like, why? And they're like, yeah, the male voice actor is uh, this is pretty bad. <laughs> you know, voice actors can make or break a game. They really can especially for immersion purposes. Sorcerer with 27 months, and it's a VIP. Become a member because you are missing a lot. Thank you, Sorcerer uh not sure i'm sure there is some kind of early access everyone on my friends list is playing baldurs gate 3 female v is definitely superior not going to lie i thought this was kind of boring oh uh, yeah we don't i'm not i don't want to talk about that i've not played it yet but i obviously i know all the stuff everybody knows all the stuff that happened with that one the problem with phantom liberty is that the performance requirements are ridiculous so you can't do uh pt with a 4080 minimum What do you mean you can't do PT? Did you mean to put RT like ray tracing? What are you trying to say? Tell me what to do, Lono. I'm a newbie in Cyberpunk. I don't know, Jack. I don't know what to do in the game either. I'm just telling you I would pump the brakes. If you just started in Cyberpunk, you're wasting your time. Wait a week or two. They're going to push out this update. It's going to feel like a completely different game from what we're hearing. And then... You get 10 hours in and you can try out the Phantom Liberty DLC. Uh, This is a stupid take again. The male voice actor is fine. Literally every game with gender choice, everyone, male, bad, female, good. I have never heard this before. Spriggan. I played, oh, Path Tracing. Well, oh. Okay, so I'm not up to date on all this stuff. So you're saying in Cyberpunk, they're adding something with path tracing that you won't be able to do without like a really, really high-end card? I've not seen much about that. All I saw was that they reworked systems. They they reworked entire systems. So they're they're talking about, you know, this is going to be a completely new experience and a completely new game. And I'm like, well, that's the perfect time for me to jump back in. I will say almost everything I'm seeing and reading about Cyberpunk version 2.0 makes it seem like a kind of game I would really enjoy, so I'm gonna wait and see. I own it on my PlayStation 5. I'll be playing it as soon as we know when 2.0 lands. We'll just that'll be our second that'll be our second segment that day. I'll I'll boot up and play it. I'll be like, well, let's take it for a spin for two hours. Let's see. Let's see if the opening two hours are better. Because the last time I played it, the opening tutorial is like what, like four or five hours long? And it's, it's not enjoyable. <laughs> I don't think it's enjoyable at all. You know? Somebody says, The female is voice acted better than the male by a good bit, says Sanity. Listen, I've had really big fans of cyberpunk say that, okay? I don't think people are hating or having bad takes. I've had really big cyberpunk fans tell me, they're like, Don't play as the male. Don't do it. <laughs> like, uh... Bring up Mass Effect, Cyberpunk, uh, AC, ETC, everyone starts crapping on the male voice actor. I Okay, so I know people might have done that with Valhalla, but I think, again, that was not, wasn't because the voice actor was better. I think it was because that was her story. Valhalla was written around her, and they were like, well, we better give dudes a dude to play as, right? So... I, I, but I don't remember people being like oh the male voice actor sucks does that make sense like i don't I just I don't think I've seen this trend as sharply as we're seeing you know that you're saying I don't I don't necessarily think that that's that's necessarily true right um sorry I was looking at something Should've had more romance options like Mass Effect. Uh, Derek says you're gonna have the power to make or break my purchase decision. Yeah, for people that are interested in Cyberpunk 2077 2.0, I, you know I'll put it on full. I'll put it on full display for y'all. I really will. I, you know, because I'm, I think I'm just as interested as a lot of you. I'm like, <laughs> I've had so many people tell me that I've not played long enough. They're like, well, you've not played long enough. I'm like, what? I think I've played for 10 hours. I felt like the female version in Valhalla was smoother play in combat had nothing to do with the voiceover. Well, I don't necessarily think, wait, did they have, did she fight different than the male in Valhalla? Gameplay is the exact same creature. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't think they didn't make differences between the two characters in Valhalla. Did they? Didn't they do that in one of them where you could play as what Cassandra and she was like faster or something? What am I thinking of? That's one of the ACs, isn't there an AC where when you play as a female, she actually plays differently; she's quicker and stuff. Isn't it? Is that Odyssey? I'm I'm am having a dream or a memory of that that was a thing in one of the Assassin's Creeds. A ten dollar super chat tip from Eisen the Merce react. Hey, I just want to say thank you for advice about starting YouTube. I just made part in today, so thank you again for the tips. P.S. Female V is better voice acted. There you go. Pierce Taylor with a five spot. I love Cyberpunk. Oh, played it at patch 1.5 and bought it at 50% off on Steam. It's full price on Steam right now for me, a five-star game. Oh, that was Oh, Syndicate. Syndicate. Didn't One, did she play differently? Odyssey, yes. Cassandra, yeah. Doesn't Cassandra play differently in Odyssey? I swear I've seen people say, you should play AC Odyssey as her. She's better. Like, not voice actor. It was like, no, she's just better. She's more fun to play. Cassandra was Odyssey, but Syndicate Female was faster. Ritopsy says, hit the like button. Yeah, wake up, chat. What's going on here? We're on our way to 600 viewers. Y'all are slacking this morning on those likes. I know it's Monday, but come on now. Stretch your fingers, stretch your back, take a deep breath. It'll be okay. Cassandra was in Odyssey. I wasn't aware there was any gameplay changes. Maybe Syndicate as a female was supposed to be more stealthful? Maybe I'm, I'm, I might be mixing memories then. I think I'm mixing memories. I think I'm mixing up the memory of like the female play different in syndicate and everybody said that you should play as Cassandra in odyssey. I mean, listen, th- the point is <laughs> we've gone full on down the rabbit trail. The point is, is I played cyberpunk as the dude. And I always sounded like I just woke up from a nap. He just sounds sleepy and aloof. He doesn't, he's so, he sounds like he's bored. It doesn't matter what's going on he sounds half asleep and everyone's like yeah it's it, it's pretty bad you you have to play as the girl right now I'm not telling you how to play I'm just telling you my experience and I had a very consistent flow of people who are fans of cyberpunk being like you should play as the girl she's better voice acted like that was a pretty consistent thing then to get the female version combat style felt faster okay with all the great games coming out this year, I don't think I have a spare 50 hours to get to the good place in Cyberpunk uh, and Starfield. I definitely think it's really hard right now to launch a, or an RPG that demands some time because everyone's going to think the same thing. Like, the, there's just so many games coming out, bro. Like, I can't... I think AC Mirage will, will have, like, a surprising amount of support and success because people are like, well, it's 50 bucks and it's shorter. I can get that and enjoy that before all these other games come out. Like, I think they made the right choice by bumping back the release date on AC Mirage, right? It sounded like the guy mailed the role in. You're thinking of Syndicate, where the pro tags are twins and you have to play us both due to the twins taking on different missions. That's probably what I'm remembering. It's been so long. Dan, with 25 months in a VIP. I'm digging Starfield far more than I anticipated. The menu sucked, though. Congrats on your recent growth. Keep up the awesome content. Thank you, Dan. It does not take 50 hours. Cyberpunk is good. Go play it on the 2.0 update. Well, I mean, I, I think what Solemn's saying is pretty fair because it only takes 10 hours to get to the expansion. Phantom Liberty if all you're interested in is checking out Phantom Liberty and Idris Elba and like, oh, hey, how this, how this play out? You've only got to put in 10 hours to get to there. And I would imagine that the expansion is probably, what, 20 hours at most? Have they come out and said how long it's going to be? Phantom Liberty, it, its length or whatever? Eisen the Merce react with two months. I don't usually play females in games. I had to switch back to the female V because I'm familiar with the actor. Thirty-one months for Hilly, the perfect builder for Cyberpunk female V is with a P. Best voice acting into this, I call it this. I'm not, I'm not saying those things out loud, Hilly. This is not Friday night. Skater Nader gifting a member, keeping the member goal moving. You guys have a new goal. It's not a stretch goal anymore. We've actually lowered it since we're out of, we're out of the previous month. A five dollar tip from pseudo rhetorical Buddha. It's a world of cool, cool people. Are oh it's a world of cool cool people are boring let's be honest uh, he needs another character trait than cool I'm not who are you talking about being cool talking about the main character are you talking about V or are you talking about Johnny Silverhand who are you talking about uh, I haven't even cleared half of the map in Tears of the Kingdom then Starfield then Baldur's Gate 3 and Cyberpunk it's too many 200 hour games for me I don't know if they've said how many how many hours it'll take Lies of P is dead in the water, releasing around Armored Core 6, Baldur's Gate 3, and Starfield, and the Cyberpunk release. Pretty much shoehorn that game. You know what I feel bad about is? I think you're right. I feel like Lies of P should just delay. It's such a cool game artistically, but it really is. And you gotta consider Lords of the Fallen's also coming out. Like, it really is a tough year. I, I'm telling you, I feel like all the delays have created a monsoon and everybody's trying to get in before the fiscal year ends and they know that if they wait until after December, everything slows down. If they want to get these games out within this fiscal year and they end up landing in the first two to three months of 2024, they know that's a terrible time for game sales. Like it's not a strong part of the year. They know the last quarter is best. I, I mean, Eliza P should consider maybe bumping the November, December. I don't know. I don't know. Liza P should have a long tail. I mean, maybe babbling bike with 13 months in a VIP gonna pass on Starfield and Cyberpunk I just sunk 65 hours into Baldur's Gate 3 and I hit my limit on story based RPGs much love you know what's awesome about that though is that you can always come back to Cyberpunk and be like hey I got literally everything right get it on sale with phantom liberty included and you're gonna get like the fully updated just absolute capstone cyberpunk experience and you know you can always wait on starfield to see if the modding community does you know what everybody's hoping it'll do and then just, you know, install the mods <laughs> that give you, you know, all the stuff that maybe you might want. Like, uh, you know, since you since you played Baldur's Gate 3, you're a PC guy, right? So you could get the one that, like, adds DLSS. You could get the one that gets rid of, you know, this the, the screens or whatever, the barriers. So Liza P will have uh, Game Pass to carry it. I actually think that's a terrible decision for a game like that. I'm dead serious. I think one of the worst things you can do with a game like Lies of P is let people play it on that, on a subservice, because they're going to get their teeth kicked in and be like, this game sucks, and they're going to (laughs) uninstall. I mean, I'm being honest as somebody who had a hard time getting into Souls games, right? If I was able just to try it out on a subservice, and I got my butt whooped, I'd be like, ah, this game's lame, and I would just go play something else. The achievements on that game on that platform are going to be abysmal because that's what people are going to do. These are hard games. You're far better off just selling it. I, I, That's my opinion. Sell it, right? And then people will try. They'll be like, well, I bought it. I better keep trying. Try to get my money's worth out of this, right? It's a little different when you're playing a game like that and you actually, you know, you actually bought it. You're going to put in the time. It's like when I tried out... You know, Sekiro, I'd always haunted me. I was like, God, I bought that game. I got to go back. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've got to go back. I've got to go back and try to beat it. Like, Armored Core 6. I don't have time for it right now, but I'm like, oh my gosh. The fact that I bought it, I, I-, I always want to go back and give it a and give it a try. You know what I mean? People love Souls-likes now. Uh, I don't know about that. You know, Armored Core 6 easy mode became a debate within like a week of the games launch. So... I don't know. I don't know. From where I sit, Cyberpunk's in a position where you could do that, though. You could be like, "Yeah, I've got too many games right now. I'm just gonna wait." And you could just buy it later at a discount. You know, just buy it later at a discount. You'll have everything bundled in, and then you get the you get the the primo end of its life capstone Cyberpunk 2077 experience. You know, you'll never beat Dark Souls three or whatever. Uh, I got too hard for my enjoyment. Yeah. yeah. In the best Jack Shepherd voice, we have to go back! <laughs> we have to go back, Kate! That's right, we gotta go back to Souls. Uh, there's always people who debate about easy mode on Souls games when they release. Sure, and that's why I think, I don't know if we can argue that like, oh yeah, everyone loves Souls-likes now. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. There's so a lot of people that don't like AC6 is selling well on PlayStation. It's in the top 5 new releases on PSN. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to argue against the fact that like Elden Ring has ushered in like a new I think interest in those types of games, especially there's an there's a there's a rise of interest in um FromSoft games. But I definitely think there's still plenty of people that I think one of the worst things you can do is let them play a game like that. And then they didn't have to buy it. Because I think that's, that's the easiest game to just get angry at and walk away. You know? You're like, I didn't pay for it. so And then you just put it down. You know, too hard. AC6 is from second largest release ever? Really? That's impressive. Are they attributing that to the mechs? You know? Like, is are is, is, is mech-type games really popular? Or is that helping? Or is it literally like a windfall from Elden Ring? I don't like them. It's easier to drop heavy objects on my foot. It saves me $70, too. (laughs) Dark Souls 3 and Sekiro brought uh, from to the mainstream. Yeah, especially when you're winning Game of the Year. Uh, That may be my own fault. I bought Armored Core 6 and I thought it was going to be like Elden Ring. Elden Ring with a robot. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Yeah. It's in vogue to be Souls fan enjoyer right now. That's why. They're also good games. Bandai said it was because of Elden Ring. Well, there you go. There you go. I mean, I think I think coincidentally or in in a similar way, I think Cyberpunk I think everybody looked at Cyberpunk and thought, oh, it's gonna be Witcher in a futuristic city with guns, and that's what people were expecting. I think that's always a dilemma and a danger when you have like such a successful game or You know, everybody really likes a certain game. Why do I have a dot in here? Why do I have a red dot in? I don't understand. It's telling me I have a red notification in the live stream stage. What is this? Go chat. You're thinking of syndicate. Yeah, don't talk in there. I can't see that. That's so weird. That is weird. You can like talk in the stage. We got to disable that. A $10 Super Chat tip from CS. Cyberpunk was jacked up when it launched. The police didn't work, and there wasn't vehicular combat. I guess with the new expansion, it's going to be fixed. Can't wait to play it GTA style. Combo of old fans from fans. Right. Well, and I think a lot of people came into Cyberpunk thinking they were thinking the same thing. It was like, well, The Witcher was so great. This game's gonna be amazing. And it it wasn't. It really, really wasn't. And I think that, that was that was that was totally fair. Wallong is hard in the beginning, but it gets easier. Uh it's a popularity point for people to like Souls games now, especially social media gamers who talk about games more than play. They want to be included in the convo mostly. I mean, I don't know. Like I feel like I feel like I've been treated that way about Cyberpunk. It's like every time I try to talk about Cyberpunk, people are like, Well, you've not played it. And I'm like, I've played it for ten hours. Like, at what point when do I get my merit badge of conversation? You know what I'm saying? When do I get permission to talk about Cyberpunk? When do I get permission to talk about a game? Do you see what I'm saying? Like i I know I know I'm gonna run into that issue this week alone with anytime I try to talk about Starfield I'm going to run into the same thing I ran into with Cyberpunk anytime I tried to talk about Cyberpunk or I would play it and I would critique it people would be like you've not played enough I'm like what do you mean I've played for 10 hours I've literally played for 10 hours I got to Johnny Silverhand I went and did some stuff with him and I was just like "Uh, no I just don't like the game there's too many elements of the game that don't hit where I think that they should hit I thought cyberpunk was going to be like the witcher and was disappointed. I mean, how far do you think you have to get in cyberpunk? 10 hours is nothing in an open world game. Okay. If you're going to play the game and go the distance, your statement is true. If you're talking about whether or not I can assess a game's quality in 10 hours that no, I don't agree with you. What you're saying is true in some contexts, right? If you're like, "Oh, this game, dude, is massive. 10 hours is nothing, right?" If you're saying, "Oh, that's nothing in the vein of like, I cannot assess the game's quality." That I don't agree with that at all. I can assess the game's quality because you've done all of the things. You've shot the weapons, you've engaged with dialogue, you've engaged with NPCs, you've watched cutscenes. Massive massive open worlds are built For at least a 30 to 40 hour playthrough. Okay. And. What does that have to do with me assessing the game's quality after 10 hours? It also doesn't take 10 hours to reach Johnny Silverhand. The articles I read said that if you want to get to. Act 2. Mission 16. After Johnny Silverhand. To get into the DLC. It's about 10 hours. Absolutely not. 10 hours is nothing. I don't understand. So if you're playing a game and you don't like it, and you don't enjoy the combat, the dialogue, the NPCs or anything, and you have played 10 hours, you don't think you've seen enough to assess the game's quality? You're like, no, I gotta keep going. I don't understand. What's gonna change? Is the shooting suddenly gonna feel better? Is, is, is the dialogue NPC, is the story going to suddenly get better? Are the, di- are the systems within it, are the, are the RPG systems going to suddenly get better? What's going to happen after 10 hours? You know what I'm saying? What, what's going to dramatically change in the game to, to change my mind? Agree, Lono, if it takes more than 10 hours to hook you, then it's probably not well designed. Or it's just not for me, Right. The best player to assess the quality of the game is you. Ignore the reviewers. I never trust the talking heads. I mean, I said that the other day. I said you could play a game that the entire world has decided is a 7, and you could think it's the best game you've ever played. 10 hours may be too short to give a comprehensive review, but it's enough to assess if you want to continue. Right. I'm not saying I would put out a 35-minute review like Skill Up after 10 hours. I'm saying I can assess a game's quality... That quickly. It's not difficult. Like, imagine you're playing a platformer, and if you play it beginning to end with a few side missions and exploration, that game's gonna take you 10 to 12 hours, okay? And you play that game for an entire hour, and you're like, I don't really like this okay i think it's clunky it's bad the iframes aren't working properly it you know, i just don't like it okay this is not a very good game you played one tenth of the game so when i played 10 hours of cyberpunk i get all the way to johnny silverhand i do a couple of missions with him okay and i'm like i don't like this game i don't think this game's very good and you're like you've not played it enough to determine that what how long is the game What's a, what's a, what's a, what's a straight, what's a straight run through of the campaign going to run me? What is it? Cyberpunk 2077 campaign completion time. Let's get an average completion time. Okay. If you focus on main objectives, Cyberpunk 2077 is about 24 and a half hours in length. Let's just round that up to 30. Let's say I'm going to do some side questing and a, a little exploration. Okay. 30 hours I played a third of the game I played a third of the game how is that not enough time so I could have done another 10 and another 10 hit 30 hours and been done I don't think there's something that's going to happen in those that those back 20 hours that's going to change my mind I highly doubt that 10 hours in for example fallout 4 Discovered the Institute. Before that, I was searching for a prison. The whole story instantly became mysterious. Okay. I think this is an interesting conversation. I think it's relevant to what's going on right now with another game. We're not going to talk about that other game, but keep that other game in your mind, okay? Because I'm talking about my experience in Cyberpunk. If I'm playing a game, because the example that was just given with Fallout, you're like, well, the story suddenly became mysterious. If I'm playing a game for 10 hours and I think, okay, combat feels really good, guns are dope, the skill tree's pretty cool, voice acting and is kind of eh, but that's fine. I'm going to keep going. And then the story suddenly gets mysterious. You, you, are, you are absolutely correct. That will change my conclusion about the game. Certainly. But there has to be certain things carrying the game in order for that to happen. Do you understand if the guns feel bad, if the movement doesn't feel so hot, if the skill tree doesn't seem all that impactful and the story and the voice acting just isn't landing on me, there's just nothing carrying the game. It's like I played for 10 hours. I don't think movement and gunplay is going to suddenly change. I don't think the skill tree and the RPG elements are suddenly going to change. So cool. If the story suddenly gets interesting I'm not going to go forward on that bet. I'm not betting my time. I don't bet with my money either. And my time's infinitely more valuable than money. I only have so much of my time. I can go generate more money. I can earn more money, right? I can't get more time. I can't get time back. So when I look at a game, I think you guys are correct. On one hand, you're correct you do have to put more time in with certain games. I think for like really simple platformers or like action adventure games, I think if they don't get you in the first hour, they're probably not going to get you. If the movement and the combat and the basic, the basic pieces of the content loop, if the basic pieces of the content loop don't hook you in the first hour, I think you're well within your right to be like, I'm done, right? Right. Now, larger games, I think you gotta go a little bit further, maybe two to three hours. You gotta actually get past the opening hand holding. You gotta get to the point where you're in charge and you've got freedom. Atlas Fallen was kind of that way. Like it took a while for me to really get out into like, oh, it's it's my game now, right? Machwai Ninja with a gifted membership taking us to four on the day. We are one away from the layup. See if any of the big boys are around today. They might not be. They might be enjoying the holiday. I hear nitpicking and setting out on issue quests. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Who are you responding to? I felt the same way about God of War. I'll go back and play it someday because I own it. Because everyone keeps saying it is awesome. Gollum game of the year. I enjoyed everything with Cyberpunk 2077 besides the main story. I enjoyed more of the main gigs because there's more story in main quest. Oh more story than main quest, sorry. That's why I say my greatest barrier of entry for gaming is time, not money. I can make more money, I can never get back more time. Right. Uh thank you for the six spot says, Can you show your shirt with stand? Oh uh, and move the mic. Oh, uh this is just an Iron Man shirt. This is an eighties tease, I think. Yeah, this is an '80s tease. You can get this over there. You can get this over there. Uh, it, they've got like an Iron Man collection. Use code Lono over there. Eisen the Mer sets up the layup. We got five members on the day, and a twenty bomb could slam it home. We'll see if any of the big boys want to flex to start September right. Yeah, the shirt command's probably wrong. Yeah, this is not an Into the AM shirt. That was from last week. Um, Why are we even talking about cyberpunk if you hate it? Isn't it a waste of time? Well, I've actually never said that I hated it. That sounds inflammatory and made up. Like, I don't know. Maybe you're... Maybe you're... I don't know. Are you clip farming for Twitter? I, I never said that I hated it. I didn't. I said in my show open that I'm rooting for it. I hope, I hope this is what everybody has been wanting. I hope it has a No Man's Sky moment. I hope when they drop the 2.0 update... I'm going to go start over fresh. I hope it can hook me. I've been jealous of the people that have been able to enjoy it. I have been. It's like, I, you know, I'm extremely jealous. No Face Lord says no layup today. Well, I guess it would be an agent of chaos layup. Thank you so much. No Face Lord for gifting a member. It goes to soldier on music. Games should start out great to hook you and then slow down to tell the story. Spider-Man Final Fantasy 16 ETC they hook you in the opening act and give you the idea. RPGs, uh, I'll give five or six hours to hook me in. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't think every game needs to be like, here's here's this amazing experience. This is where you're going to get, and then they kind of start over. There's a lot of games that have done that, right? They let you start with all these powers and then they take them away so that you're like, okay, I got a glimpse of where we're headed. So now you can slow down and tell the story. No face Lord with four months and a VIP says, press the like button guys. Well, I just started Baldur's gate on the PS five and a couple of friends on PS five. You're in for a treat. Hopefully too fun. We're going to, uh, Madam and I will be playing Baldur's Gate 3 this Friday night for members. A great reason to become a member, a great reason to gift a bunch of members this week. The Friday night streams have been phenomenal. They are getting over 1,000 total views. The turnout's been phenomenal. Like, you know, we're getting into easily over 100 people almost every Friday, and that's pretty awesome. I was really encouraged this week because anytime they do anything in Destiny with raids, Friday nights were usually pretty dim. And I was like, we had a great turnout. It was hysterical. We, we, we had a lot of good laughs. And then you got to see Madam play Starfield. Well worth the cost of membership. Yo, good morning, Immortal Turtle. How are you? Going to be slow day because holidays? This has actually been perfectly fine. Cyberpunk's always been good to us anytime we've talked about it. We usually get really good treatment on the video when I'm not live because I think people are really interested in Cyberpunk as a subject. So I always like covering it. I knew today would be a little bit slower because of the holiday, though. I don't expect over 1,000 people every single day. <laughs> that's that's not normal, okay? We know what that was. That was an entire week of looking forward to a generation-defining 7 out of 10 game. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, anyway, DLC bringing wall running. Oh, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if I've seen that. Um. <clears throat> Excuse me. Cyberpunk will never truly recover from being launched as a half-developed RPG. They can polish it up, sure, but it'll never be what it could have been. I mean, Max, I think you're right, but I also think... I, uh, I think you're right, but I also think it can hit a level of excellence in its own right does that make sense immortal turtle with 20 months in a vip almost two years here feel like just yesterday you decided to make the move here the growth has been phenomenal thank you so much immortal turtle for getting close to that two-year mark uh i gotta see madam clean up every room in starfield (laughs) she picked up everything (laughs) it got to the point where i told her she had to stop i was like we're never ever gonna get out of here (laughs) You guys have got to watch it. Oh, man. No, she never found out how many credits she could get. We didn't even get that far, bro. <laughs> it's funny. It's well worth a watch. You guys should go watch it. It's very funny. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I saw. I saw. They fixed the performance mode. No, they did not. I downloaded the update for Final Fantasy 16, it did nothing for performance mode. They said nothing about performance mode i was really disappointed because they said nothing about performance mode they were like yeah we have dlc on the way we've started production on pc and i'm like hi yeah what about performance mode it looks terrible when i'm not in combat (laughs) where were i prior to youtube well we came to this channel from a larger channel we used to be on a larger youtube channel and we covered uh, Destiny. And we switched to Variety late 2021. It was September of 2021. Well, we had switched to Variety early 2021. And then late 2021, we moved the live show over here. We needed a small channel that wasn't rooted in one game. We only had about 5,000 subscribers when we came over here. So, well on our way. We're well on our way. Um, completely disagree. Even with its issues, it remained in the Steam's top sellers for ages and it returns to the list every time it's on sale, has an 89%, very positive on Steam. Who are you disagreeing with? Because I highlighted that in my show open. I said, look, I've always been jealous of Cyberpunk. Look how well it's fared on PC. In the last 30 days, it has an 89%. Overall, it has an 80%. Half a million people have reviewed the game on Steam. 500,000 people soldier on music with 22 months thanks for the gift he says can't wait to see Baldur's gate i've been dropping a ton of hours in huge DD fan though interested to see if you dig i'm not a turn-based guy so if it wins me over it'll be impressive gates of above with a five dollar super chat tip cyberpunk story never grabs me outside of it being a bare bones rpg the story gave a false sense of decision making where your choices didn't matter Oh, I think Spriggan was disagreeing with the fact that it'll never be what it could have been, maybe. Listen, at one level, I agree. I don't think Cyberpunk will ever be what they originally advertised. Right? He, he, saying it'll never recover from its launch. He didn't say it would never recover. He said it'll never be what it could have been. If you go... Bu- Spriggan, I love you, and you've been around for a really long time, but even you have to admit, that game is is not at all close to what they marketed it isn't it's nowhere near it brother it's a lot closer it's a lot closer imagine we're on a spectrum and they promised a 10 it launched as like a six on pc it was like a four on console it was like a six maybe a seven they promised it. I'm not saying 10 out of 10. I'm not giving it a grading scale. I'm saying, look at what they promised. They were like way down here. And it was like, yeah, it's like here. I think it's going to move to like an eight. It's going to move to like an eight or an eight and a half out of what they sold us. I'm not giving it a score. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can say that about every game, though. No. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. I've played plenty of games that are exactly what they marketed. Hogwarts Legacy was exactly what they marketed. Armored Core 6 was exactly what they marketed. Final Fantasy 16 outside of performance mode, exactly what they marketed. Ragnarok Forbidden West. Where's where's the issue? I Hi- Hi-Fi Rush was exactly what they marketed. My daughter loved it. Right? Plenty of games. That that's not true. I, I can't stand the hand wave that we constantly do. We're like, this company just walked out and lied to us. Well all companies lie to us. What? What? Alex, I love you. I, I, I got I got included in an Alex stream. What an honor, right? He had his shirt off and everything. And I I point out I point out that Series S users We're we're sold something on false pretense. He's like, everything they've sold us is false pretense. AMD, NVIDIA, all the consoles. And I was like, what? No, that's not true. You really believe that? You believe everything we've ever purchased has all been sold on false pretense? There are degrees within marketing of what is more misleading or misrepresentative than others. Cyberpunk was egregiously not what they promised us. The original Watchdogs was egregiously not what they promised us. You can look at plenty of games and plenty of consoles and plenty of pieces of hardware that are way, way closer to what was advertised. You can't just wave your hand and be like, "Well, this company basically lied to us and misrepresented the product," and you can't wave your hand and be like, oh, "But all companies do that." Are you? That's such a buck. That's such a buck pass. That's such a buck pass So we're not allowed to hold companies accountable because, what, marketing can sometimes, you know, inflate the reality of the product? That's ridiculous. There's a difference between puffery and lies. That's exactly the point. There are degrees of dishonesty, okay? There are degrees of dishonesty. There are egregious things in marketing. We're like, that's not what we were promised. And then there's puffery, right? Oh, it's going to be a, a, you know, a a next generational experience. And you're like, yeah, it's okay, right? Hang on, I got to read some of these. Spirits with three months in a VIP. I look forward to the unfiltered stream every week. One of the highlights of my week. Keep the great coverage. Thank you so much, Spirits. A five dollar tip from Swoozy. I'm saying Baldur's Gate 3 start screen goes hard. <laughs> great start screens have always been a thing. Look how legendary Halo is. I can't tell if you're joking or not. It's gonna cost you another five dollars to clarify. Scotty B comes back in with a member plus. Thank you so much if you're gonna hand wave the cyberpunk marketing by being like well all games do that no they don't that simply isn't true I've played plenty of games this year that are exactly what was marketed they're exactly what was marketed like I never got into Hogwarts Legacy and was like this is not at all what they promised us I never once said that nobody's saying that about Armored Core 6 do you see what I'm saying like come on there are plenty of times where they're like, here's the game, here's the gameplay, here you go. I never once played Ragnarok and thought, <laughs> they totally lied to me. That was such a misrepresentation. You could say that about Cyberpunk at launch. You you totally could. You you can't you cannot look at Cyberpunk's marketing and be like, Well, all companies do that. That is simply untrue. It's demonstrably untrue. I can objectively falsify that claim. It's not difficult at all. All you got to do is look at the marketing of games and look at the product that comes out, do side-by-side comparisons of the gameplay, and you can objectively falsify that claim. Be like, no, that's not true. Cyberpunk, it's easy to point out. It's missing advertised features. That, a Great point, Amos. A rare occasion where me and Amos are in agreement is this alex you're responding to oh no it's alex yeah a guy put together a video and he included me in his video and alex was like no because he, he didn't want to he, he's like i love lono like i've not been in his videos lately probably because probably because i think i've toned it down a little bit i'm not as clippable because i'm not going off on tangents i was like well i'll, I'll tone down the show a teeny bit and just have more conversations and so this guy put me in his video and so I randomly show up in the video <laughs> that Alex is reacting to. And in the video, the funniest part about it was he pauses the video too soon. I'm like, well, you know, there's this, there's this tweet from Stephen to Tillo and that, you know, has the policy changed and Jez Corden replied and said, it's changed. And he pauses it and he's like, exposed, expose. And I'm like, but the policy hasn't changed. Jess Corden was in other places saying, I don't think they changed it. I think they're doing case by case. <laughs> so it was the classic, it was the classic react meta of like immediately pausing and being like, got him. And it's like, watch the next like seven seconds of the clip. The policy hasn't changed. Jez doesn't speak for Microsoft either, by the way. But <laughs> anyways, anyways, I conclude in the clip. I conclude in the clip that people who bought the Series S were They bought it on false pretense. And he just hand waves the whole thing. And he's like, well, every company, every everybody sold us something on false pretense, right? Everyone, AMD, NVIDIA. So he basically said like every company that's marketed stuff in the last couple of years has sold us stuff on false pretense. And I'm like, I, I don't think that that's true at all. I, there, there aren't literal features that I didn't get on my PS5. I'll argue this. I my, my my Xbox Series X doesn't have things on it that aren't that aren't there. They're there. It's the Series S owners that can say, we were promised parody, we didn't get parody. You see what I'm saying? So you can't look at cyberpunk marketing and hand wave and be like, well, all marketing is dishonest. What? They like, I I I get tired of that. It's like Ginger Prime tried the same thing with me on Twitter, and I love Ginger, but he was like, all marketing is lies. And I'm like, there are degrees of dishonesty. If we cannot admit that, how can we possibly have conversations about holding companies accountable for what they say? There is like watchdogs level dishonesty. They showed us a game that didn't even exist. Do you remember? Do you remember Watch Dogs? It was like mind-blowing. Like his his coat was flapping. It looked realistic. There's like debris crossing the street and all this stuff. You're like, oh my gosh. And then the game comes out and you're like, what is this? There are degrees of dishonesty in marketing. As AK on the box, both consoles have AK on the box. That's constantly misrepresented. It's constantly misrepresented. 8K is on the box because it supports up to an 8K output. So when 8K televisions and 8K movies are there, you will have a device that they can update the firmware and turn that on. That, that, that's Nobody bought those boxes based off of that. That's such a, that is the biggest red herring every time this topic comes up. 8K on the box! They both have 8K on the box. It's purely promoting an 8K output capability that's going to matter, I don't know, in a couple of years maybe, when people are actually buying 8K televisions. It doesn't matter right now. And it wasn't part of how they were sold. Neither of them tried to sell us on that. And and they both did it. So again, that wasn't the sticking point of any of the next-gen marketing. A Five spot from Soldier on Music. Besides misrepresenting the game, the bass was boring. The voice work was unforgivable. It felt derivative and not special. Derek says, Alex is a fun conversationalist, but I'm kind of convinced he's unable to speak without hyperbole. Like, I just don't think he's physically capable of not talking about stuff without exaggerating. No, he is, because if you watch any of his, if you watch any of his port reviews and like his breakdowns of stuff, yeah, 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 He he's, that's, it's a character for the most part. It's a bit. <laughs> you go from like shirtless himbo to him being like this port is actually done quite well and when i did the cpu testing like it's all it's such a juxtaposition it's the hdmi spec i'm tired of yelling this says zubair right 8k is purely there to establish this is an 8k capable device how they not market as 8k they put it on the box to market it because that's not marketing What's on the box isn't marketing. I couldn't even tell you what was on the box for my Samsung television. I went to the store, I looked at it, and I was, oh no, I'm sorry, I bought the Hisense, but somebody sent me the Samsung. When I looked at all of the advertisements for the Series X and the PlayStation 5, I never saw them saying 8K games, I never saw them saying, this is an 8K device. That wasn't a part of the marketing. It wasn't. They talked about 4K games. They talked about higher frame rates. And they talked about instantaneous load times. And I got all of that. The box is not marketing. It's just letting you know that this is an 8K capable device. There's a, there's a big dividing line between... I didn't even go to the store and see the boxes. How many people even did that? Most of us ordered it online. Or, or from a scalper. Come on, B41 is zero with 15 months of member plus. Good morning, Lono and chat. And then he gifts a member. Thank you so much for gifting a member, taking us to seven. But then we got to jump to eight because uh, Pygmy Monkey has become a member as well. Thank you so much. Dubert says, if you license a spec, they usually require you to put some things on the box. It's part of the deal. I, this this discussion is just so ridiculous. It's just so ridiculous. It's like, nobody bought it and thought, I'm getting AK gaming. They both put it on the box. Why? Because they're capable of doing it. Neither of them have turned it on, by the way. Neither of them. Neither the Xbox nor the PS5 have turned it on. Why? Because it doesn't matter! It's not what anybody was looking for. It's for future updates. Hey, there's 8K capable devices out there now, and um, such and such video service has turned on 8K streaming. You see what I'm saying? Like, or, or I guess you could probably buy like 8K if you'd need a drive. I don't. I've got the digital and the drive, but if you don't have the drive version, then you wouldn't be able to do it. You'd have to look for a streaming service or wait for the external drive to come out. The box is certainly marketing, but the AK is marketing the output capability, not AK gaming. Almost nobody does or has made AK games to begin with, nor is it the platform's job to make sure they do. Th- that's precisely the point. Like, AK on the box is such a goalpost shift. It literally says you don't have a good point to make on the topic. Yeah, it's, it's in the discussion about marketing. If we're looking at Cyberpunk and then we're looking at games like. Like just compare Cyberpunk's marketing to like any other game this year. Well, maybe not. Hang on, hang on, <laughs> hang on. Stop, 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 stop. It, uh, let's ignore, let's ignore Redfall, and uh, and let's ignore Starfield. Let's just compare Cyberpunk's marketing to Hogwarts Legacy. Just compare the marketing, the gameplay showcases, the trailers. Uh, Any of the deep dives they did, any of the videos they did with, like, the community manager or whatever, right? Just compare. One egregiously misrepresented their product, and the other did not. Right? Like, what, don't you see? There's a, there is a enormous, I mean, there is a chasm of difference Between the way that Cyberpunk 2077 trailers and gameplay... You go back and look and it's like, that game doesn't exist. This conversation started because someone's like, this game will never be what it could have been. And I think that that's true. Never. Do you know what game became more than its potential? It became more than the marketing? No Man's Sky. I think there are times where you can say. There, there are there are times where you can say this game exceeded its marketing, landed near the marketing, or landed well below it. There's a spectrum. I'm tired of the hand waving of like, well, it's okay if this company, you know, blatantly misrepresented the product, and we're going to hand wave and say, well, all marketing does that. That simply isn't true. That simply isn't true. That's just, so basically what you're saying is you've established, I think, taken to its logical end, you've established pure agnosticism with respect to marketing and confidence in a product. Take it to its logical end. Do it. Well, all marketing is dishonest. All marketing is lies. Then we don't know jack squat about a game before it comes out. We know nothing. You have to shrug your shoulders and be an agnostic and say, we can't know. We, we, we can't know we, it's agnostic right? you put an A in front of it like atheist, it's non-theistic it's non-gnosis, non-knowledge there is no knowledge, we can have no knowledge right? you're being agnostic about it you're saying, well we can't really know then you're not saying it, but that's the logical conclusion of the position the logical conclusion of the position of like well everybody lies, everything we've bought we've bought on a false pretense then we can know nothing about anything. Every commercial that comes out, every trailer, every announced product, it doesn't matter if it's a Bluetooth pair of headphones, the PlayStation portal, it doesn't matter if it's a video game, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's Spider-Man or uh, Lords of the Fallen. We know nothing until the game comes out because all marketing lies. I I feel like all that is, is... That's acid on a conversation. That's death of the conversation. How are we supposed to talk about anything if like, well, everybody just lies to us. Everything we buy, we buy in a false pretense. Well, then what in the frick are we even talking about then? Let's just all shut this down. We'll all go home. You don't need to watch YouTube anymore. You don't need to be on Twitter. You don't need to watch trailers. You don't need to check out a game's gameplay before it comes out because all marketing does is lie to you and everything you buy, you buy in a false pretense. So you're always shooting blind and you're always in the dark. Right? I mean that's the premise of your argument that's the that's the logical end of your premise if you press it 10 spot from Thorn every game right now going forward for me is a get on sale game too many games right now are mediocre overhyped games that aren't fixed until years 3 after launch or are poorly optimized thank you for the 10 spot I don't know if that's true though I think there's been some very good games that have launched this year I think this has been probably one of the best games, the best years in gaming in like 15 years. I don't think we've gotten this, this, this litany of games this year that like, oh yeah, you gotta wait. They're mediocre. They need to be patched. Eugene says, for that person, why do they ever follow games then? Why are they here? Why do they scour the internet for information about upcoming titles if it's all just lies? That's exactly right. It's an easy way out. That's right. <clears throat> to be fair, gamers in general could do well to be a crap ton more skeptical about games prior to release. I wouldn't argue for solipsism or pure agnosticism, but yeah, I understand assuming dishonesty. I think it's safe to assume puffery. It's th- that that's that's fine. How's the Starfield watch? It's actually pretty cool. I actually like it. I'm trying to adjust to a wearable. I might, um, I might get a fancier wearable than this. I might kind of look into what wearables are out there because I actually kind of like it. But this one's not very advanced. It's just kind of more stylish. And obviously it's cool because it's like right out of the game. Um, you see what I'm saying? Like, I think it's probably better to say, yeah, there's some puffery going on here, you know. But I also think sometimes it's really obvious that a game is just showing you a game. You know, a game is just showing you a game. It's like, this is just the game. This is, this is the, why in the right hand though? What, is there a rule about where watches go? But did I miss that? I think you just put it where you prefer for whatever reason. I'm left-handed, but that's my mind goes like that. Someone's like, check the time. If I do like the hand motion of like, hey, you're going to be late. I literally do this like instinctively. I don't. I don't know why. that's just what I do. Get one that goes with your phone. Yeah, the Apple Watches are pretty cool. I was thinking about that. Didn't make it a smartwatch. It pairs with my phone. It pairs with my phone. I get little dings, little and then it like I can see the message. Hmm. I, I, I get that it's that's it though I mean it's a little bit it does' the weather doesn't work yet either the app says I can turn on weather I can go to weather in the phone and uh, in the in the in the watch and it says to enable it on the device there's a, there's an app on my iPhone and the iPhone app doesn't have that so I guess maybe that's coming later I'm assuming it's just gonna pull it from the weather app on the phone you put it on your least dominant hand yeah I'm left-handed I never realized that's why we did that with watches. I just instinctively did it. Yeah, I'm a lef- I'm lefty. I didn't realize that that's why we do that, but that's just what I do. I've always worn a watch on that side. I didn't know that's why I did that. <laughs> I just did it. <laughs> um, Back in the day, a watch on the left hand was customary for guys... And the right was for girls. It doesn't matter now. Oh, I remember that too. Remember all the things of like which ear got pierced? (laughs) Do you guys remember that? Oh, man. Children of the 80s and 90s, know. Oh, guys, left ears pierced. No, wait. Is it his right ear or left ear? Which is it? One of your ears pierced means that you're, you're not straight. Like, you remember that? And no one ever knew which ear it was. It was the stupidest thing. You're such a conformist. <laughs> I've never been called that before in my life. <laughs> bracelets on the left. Yeah, I have some bracelets that I wear. I don't wear them on stream, but I wear them like if I, you know, if I'm going out and, you know, trying to look a little bit nice, put on a jacket or something. Put on your non-dominant arm because it's easier to put on. Oh, maybe that's why I just did it instinctively. Yeah, cause I didn't even think about it. That's just where I put it. I tried it on my left and didn't like it. Yeah. If you had both ears, yeah, both ears, you're done. <laughs> that was a real that was a real shock to the system when you'd go to like see some awesome hardcore band, you know, they're like, ruh, 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 and then they're just they're pierced to heck and back, and you're like, I don't know what to think anymore. <laughs> exactly everybody disagreed about which ear it was like such a seinfeld episode you'd always be like hey that guy got his ear pierced it's in his left ear doesn't that mean no i thought it was your right ear are you sure no no no, no, no. steve told me it's left ear yeah i don't know but, but dave told me it's right ear i mean do you guys know does anybody know frick just go ask him <laughs> hey buddy hey hold up <laughs> like chasing down a guy you know like i gotta ask you about your ear piercing it's easier to put on, it stays out of the way. Oh, right, like if you're writing. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, my point was not to hand wave cyberpunk. Not being everything it was delivered as it was every every game could have been better. Right, but here's the thing, Spriggan. You're, say, you're saying every game could have been better. That's not what he said right yes in a general way i can accept the axiom that every single game when it launches could be better that's true about virtually everything every piece of food that you order every tv show you watch every movie every song every album everything could be better right we we could get into like we could get into like hierarchy and thomas aquinas and what that means but we're not going to but in general right we readily admit on the on on the scale and hierarchy of of perfection and miserable failure that nothing achieves perfection okay even some of my favorite games i have i have criticisms i'm like yeah this this thing's crap that they did right Mr. Frugal with twenty-one months. Thank you so much, Lono a Lefty. After all this time, you bamboozled me. Unsub. Go blue. Listen, listen, man. Like I, you got it. You got a problem, Frugal. <laughs> a ten spot from Thorn. A lot of PC ports this year have been poorly optimized and can barely run on twenty, thirty series cards, needing FSR, DLSS just to get to acceptable frame rates. The Q, the QA is shocking, especially with the RAM consumption. Okay, I I was unfair. I was unfair. Y'all PC guys have been down bad this year, right? And if you're like a really obnoxious PC Master Race, then suck it. Nobody likes you. But if you just like to play on PC, then I'm sorry. I feel bad for you. The people that are obnoxious PC Master Races and they they make fun of everybody and call them peasants, I I love that you've had a miserable year. I think it's deserved. But, to everybody else, I feel really bad for you, right? (laughs) But, I accept that, but I don't think you're saying anything, Spriggan. You're like, well, every game could be better at launch. That's not what he said. What he said was, it will never be the game that it could have been. He's speaking about the idealistic cyberpunk, the image we were sold, the marketing we were sold. You can't hand wave that and be like, well, every game could be better at launch. He's not saying that. He's saying something very different. He is. He's saying something very different. I would say the same is true for... Like, if you play Redfall and you walk away from it and you say, Well, it could be better. You're saying freaking nothing. You're saying nothing. If you look at what the game could have been, if you look at even how they kind of envisioned it and marketed it, it's like, it's not even that. Right? Right? There are plenty of games where you're like, what the frick is this? Like, what in the world? This is terrible. This is in a terrible state. This is in terrible... This is absolutely in terrible shape. This is nothing like was marketed. I think the most egregious offenders historically are Cyberpunk, Redfall, and then... Uh, we we can debate No Man's Sky. I do think No Man's Sky fell well below its its potential and its marketing. But I also think it was overstated. It was overstated. There was a lot of issues with No Man's Sky that I feel like they they it, it got it got very, very much like blown out of proportion. It, it, John Murray is a liar. It's like, oh my gosh. It was pathetic. It was well, well overstated. Anthem, thank you. There's a good one. Yep. Nothing at all like what was marketed. Just the bare bones of a game. Not surprising. They built the game according to one developer. They built it in 15 months. They built the game in 15 months. So we literally got scaffolding. We didn't even get a game. We got like the bare bones of a game. I think that we may need to have a discussion about PC and that games are never going to be fully optimized for that platform. Just too many configurations of hardware to make it right for everyone. Listen then get on the phone with Capcom and just ask them what they're doing. Is it just engine level? Is the the RE engine made out of magic pixie dust? How are they managing to do it? Come on. Get out of here. I I don't accept that. I'm not saying that they need to be perfect when they land on PC, but the crap those guys have had to put up with this year is inexcusable. I'm talking like completely inexcusable, refund worthy, which thank God for Gabe because they can actually get their money back on some of the crap they've bought this year. Like Jedi survivor. I'm still sore about that. That game will never be fixed. I've just accepted it. It's September. It is September. That game will never be fixed. Harbinger. Thank you for gifting a member and bumping the line to nine a little slower start on the gifted members guys make sure you consider doing that it's how we do this every single day we are not a channel that does what we do because of like all the other things on youtube y'all make it happen with the members it's impressive that it was built in 15 months think about what they could have done They built that in 15 to 18 months. Think about what they could have done with four years. Four or five years. Excuses with developers. Capcom, Naughty Dog, Insomniac, and Sucker Punch have amazing engines. Even the Fox engine for Kojima is crazy. I mean, we do have to admit that the Nixus port of Ratchet and Clank has been amazing. The Days Gone port is good. God of War is good. Death Stranding is good. Right? Death Stranding's in the Decima engine. Right? Um... Horizon Zero Dawn was rough, and they fixed it. Most of those were issues with... They built the game around 30 FPS, and once you raised it up to 60, it messed with stuff. That wasn't, like, necessarily a bad port. It was an actual internal thing in the game that had issues above 60, and then they ended up fixing a lot of those issues. But in general, there are plenty of games that have brought games to PC, no problem. Now, the Last of Us port was rushed, and Iron Galaxy did it, so what the frick? But the Returnal port was very, very good. So... I, I think people need to remember you can't just be like, yeah, well, it's all the different configurations and all the different PCs. Sure, I think that's always going to be a challenge in bringing games to PC, but there are companies that are doing just fine. Spider-Man and Miles run just fine on, on PC. Scale and scope, for the most part, when we're talking Capcom, we're talking about games that were originally made for significantly weaker hardware than remade in the new re engine. What about all the other games I just listed? Spider-Man remastered on PC is like one of the prettiest games you can play on PC. It's so be- it's beautiful. Well, super, super well ported. Cyberpunk should have launched 2023, 2024, complete with a fully interactive world. I don't know if they could have done that, Amos. I don't know what their financial situation was like at that point. Could they have. Could they have literally said we're going to delay the game for three more years? I don't know if they could have gotten away with that. Financially. That would have been amazing. Can you imagine that announcement? (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Hey, uh... We're delaying for three years. (laughs) Like, and we're canceling old gen, you know? RE7 and RE8 were remade games. Devil May Cry was a remade game. Thank you, Eugene. Eugene. Didn't they spend three to four years planning Anthem? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. The variety in PC hardware makes it hard to predict how well it will run. uh, And you can't get less than 5% of optimizing you get on console, but it's overblown. Same instruction, same API across PCs. It should have worked on Anthem and Andromeda separately. The full team, both times separate. Both games would have been better received with delays. I think you're probably correct. The problem with Anthem was, you had, you had years of lost productivity. Instead of building the game, they were sitting around in pre-production, acting like a bunch of idiots, like, acting like a bunch of absolute idiots. Like, what are y'all doing? The leadership, leadership at Bioware failed that game. It failed. If they failed that game immensely, e- immensely day is the 4th. We're going to go at noon with that premiere. I'm going to need the members uh the members thumbnail creature. The last 5% of optimizing, you can get on PC maybe 10%. Yeah, I I will I don't have any issue with saying it's a little bit more complicated to bring games to PC, right? I that that's not what happened with Cyberpunk. That's not what happened with Cyberpunk. It actually was... Be- Listen, the-, the tables have turned a little bit. It, they have. Because, historically speaking, some of the games back then that were trying to like land in both places were just in a terrible state. And then Cyberpunk landed okay on PC. I think it had like a 74% on PC in its earliest stages. I think it landed, it was rough, they fixed some things pretty quickly, and then it was in like the 70% on Steam with with, with, with respect to score. And now things have kind of flipped around. We're, we're having games land, and they're better optimized for console than they are in the dadgum PCs. But even then, a lot of the games don't run well anywhere, like Jedi Survivor. So it's not really a question of is it PC's fault. It's just I think when you have a poorly optimized game, you're probably you're probably going to feel it more on a PC. Maybe I'm not sure because if they don't optimize it enough, there's more pieces and parts and permutations that can cause issues over there. So I, you know, but again. Every engine's different. So Jedi Survivor running as poorly as it did, it got more fixes on PC. Console got less. It's just, I don't know. There's not a one-size-fits-all answer here, I don't think. And I don't think that's what happened with Cyberpunk. A five spot from Thorn. I know many people who have just spent the money on a Steam Deck, Switch, and PS5 for the same amount instead of upgrading. It's not worth it anymore. It depends. Yo, what's good, Khaled? How are you? Guys, in about thirty minutes, I have an upload, a premiere about Spider-Man Two: State of Play rumors that are happening. We'll watch that and then hang out with members. So you got about a half an hour to hit the member, the daily member goal. Uh, let me know if you ever order any coffee. Uh, I didn't turn on the alert today because it's not been working, um, and I don't like drawing attention stuff like that. If uh, if we haven't got it working, the last couple times I've turned it on, it hasn't it hasn't worked. Um, uh, from the way it was advertised, it had potential to exceed GTA immersiveness. Night City might be the best city in a video game if it was more alive and interactive. It's wild that they announced Survivor for last gen and it still doesn't work on the current gen. They've, they've said virtually nothing about patching the current version. They've said nothing. I'll do everything. I will do everything I can to tell people to not buy that game on old gen if when it comes to old gen they still haven't fixed the last gen. I know I'm not I'm not a very big fish in this pond, but I will do everything I can to say do not buy this game. They haven't fixed a single of the major performance issues on console on next gen. You are buying a piece of trash. Do not buy it. They have they have absolutely ripped off the consumers and you don't you should not give them another cent until they decide to actually fix until they decide to actually fix what they sold us I agree no city in the game looks better than night city I, I here's the problem about I think that concept in general right creating like a really beautiful city and then being like but it's but it's kind of empty or whatever. Right? I, I don't care how beautiful the game is. We've talked about this recently. Like, I don't need every single game to be mind blowingly photorealistic. I think sometimes it even comes down to art style. Like, just give me really good art style. I don't care about this stuff, I just don't. I do, I do I do, not care about whether or not you're, it looks pretty. I need the game to be enjoyable. It needs to have a flow. It needs to have purpose. I think a great example is Elden Ring. Elden Ring has beautiful art style and one of the best open world experiences I've ever had. It's not some f- crazy, photorealistic, next-gen-looking game. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I don't I don't think that that's required. I think that, and that's what I think is so weird sometimes, because people do that. Like, they focus on screenshots and stuff. They've done that with Cyberpunk. They're doing it with Starfield. And it's like, I don't care that you can go and take some amazing screenshot. That doesn't do anything for my experience. It can obviously enhance the experience, but that's not the experience. There's more to a game than looking pretty. And My issue with Night City has always been that. It's like, yeah, I can stand here and go to certain angles and do certain things and be like, look how pretty it is, but it's empty. And the AI movement and the flow of the city and the way people move, I'm like, this is... This is just some big dead area. Like, there's nothing going on. Ratchet and Clank is pixel game is a good example. I'm not sure what you're saying, Emissary. It helps a little, but for the most part, it needs to look good in motion. Yes. Yes. That's something we've talked about recently. Cyberpunk City isn't empty, and also it has a super in- enhanced form of ray tracing mode that almost no other game in existence has, yeah but does that matter if the NPC's all I, I just think, I don't know, it just all looks lifeless to me, it looks clunky and lifeless, it doesn't look like some living living city, I don't know I don't think my expectations are are, are, are out of line either Keep going back to high-end PC and mainstream PC are different animals, but in general, you aren't wrong. Running things on an ultra on PC is getting impossible. Don't you think that that's a strange thing that's happening? What? Like, who are you? Who are you doing that for? Who are you doing that for? Who is all the ultra settings for? What I think about the marketing versus the gameplay in Starfield, I don't think it's as egregious as Cyberpunk. I think if you go back and look at Cyberpunk's marketing versus what we got, I think it's the most egregious example of just really, really misleading marketing. I think Starfield's up there though. I don't think we got anything near close to what was marketed. It's very, it's, it's just, it's a very, very different game both in both in graphics and experience and what the game prioritizes and. And, and what the gameplay loop consists of. I think Cyberpunk's probably the worst offender. I think Anthem was really, really bad. No Man's Sky was pretty bad with respect to marketing versus what came out. Um, you know, th- th- this... And this is the issue, I think. I, I don't think there's a score we can give. Okay, well, Cyberpunk was like a, a nine. It was really bad. With, like, we're trying to grade the intensity here, right? How bad was the misleading marketing? Like, how egregious was it? I don't think it's an I don't think that's an easy conversation. I think it's like, well, you gotta go back, you gotta look at every single trailer, you gotta look at every single gameplay snippet, and you gotta have to put it up against what you could do in Cyberpunk when it came out. And you gotta do the same thing with, you know, with No Man's Sky and with Anthem. And Starfield had no marketing. It was mainly Bethesda fanboys calling it Fallout in Space. <clears throat> it had no marketing. What? It had more gameplay than probably any other game I've ever covered. It had a 20 minute showcase last year and a 45 minute direct this year. I, there was more available gameplay of that game than virtually any other game I've ever covered. Like, I don't even think Elden... I think Elden Ring probably came close. I think there was roughly 20 to 30 minutes of gameplay of Elden Ring before it came out. You could watch significant portions of Elden Ring. And, and that one was obviously very close to the to the finished product. Because you were literally just watching people's, you know, uncut raw gameplay. They would just drop in and have them, you know, running around and doing stuff. Cyberpunk had a ton of, of marketing. Yeah, they had an Imagine dragon song but no marketing. Like what are you talking about? That's 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 a ridiculous claim. I think the diff, I think the difficulty is is that every game starts their marketing and handles their marketing differently. I'm glad we're kind of leaving this era where they're like, "We're making a game." And we're like, "Sweet, when's it coming out?" And they're like, "I don't know, 7 years maybe." And you're like, what like we need to leave that behind we absolutely need we absolutely need to leave that behind it doesn't do it doesn't do anybody any good for you to be like ta-da doesn't this look awesome and you're like yeah man that's sweet when can i play it and they're like we have no idea this isn't even a vertical slice it's just rendered simulated footage <laughs> what What's going on here, right? I think the farther we get away from that, I think the less we'll have to have these conversations. Armored Core 6 has been a, ma- a marketing masterclass, in my opinion. Yeah, Armored Core 6 was like a super short marketing window. It's done really, really well commercially. It's reviewing really, really well. It's from software's second biggest launch, and they marketed it for, like, what? Six months, maybe? Maybe. Zubair says, you have to pick two out of three here. Relatively cheap hardware, cutting edge visuals, high native resolutions. If you want cutting edge visuals at 4K one twenty, you're building a three thousand dollar PC. You want console or mainstream PC prices at native resolution, your game better look like Hades or Hi Fi Rush. You want console or mainstream PC prices and you want cutting-edge visuals, you're going to need software cheats like upscaling and frame generation. Most people can't pay $1,000 for a console and players seem to want the cutting-edge visuals, so the hardware is struggling to keep up. I don't, yeah, I don't disagree that the hardware is certainly going to continue to struggle to keep up, but I also think there's there's an oddity, um, There's, there's definitely an oddity with respect to they build games and there's not even hardware that can run it. You know what I mean? Like to me, it's like, what, how does that happen? I have, a, I have a bigger question about that. I'm like, yeah, you, you can't even turn all this stuff on yet. And it's like, huh? Even if you turn it on on a high-end system, it all runs really bad. It's like, why'd you even build that? It's just weird. It's like building a jet car. Yeah, we got a jet car. What's a jet car? Well, it's a car and a jet. And it can do 250 miles an hour. When 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 the frick am I going to be able to do that? When and Where? Well, uh, there, there'll be uh, super highways in the future, and uh, you'll be able to go from L.A. to Orlando in like three hours. And you're like, yeah, but I can't do that right now. We've got this game. You can turn on Ultra. You can turn on this. You can turn on that. And you're like, there's not a PC in existence that can run that well. Who the frick did you build that for? What did you? What are you doing? Why did you do that? It doesn't make any sense. Like I get building games with Spectrum and saying top of the line PCs can turn all this stuff on, mid lanes here, you know, lower end PCs. I get that. But if your top of the line PCs are like, Whew, even we're struggling with this stuff, it's like, what did where did you build and test that? Do you, do you have a magical PC somewhere? Where where'd you build it? You don't even even a really strong rig is struggling with some of these things. It doesn't make any sense. I think it's an accident of history. Sometimes the software is ahead. Sometimes the hardware is ahead. You can run Counter Strike at like five hundred FPS on a forty ninety, but people want eye candy. It's called laying the groundwork for new tech. I mean, I, I I think I'm I'm not a tech guy, but I think I'm I can appreciate that that you're you're always pushing the envelope. You're always you're always taking things, you know, a little too far. 4090s and appropriate level CPUs are struggling to run the full suite of UE5 games at 4K60. Right. That's that's kind of where I am. I'm like, "Well, you don't push that then. Do something else. Like if you want to increase the graphics, come up with other ways of doing it or just don't do it at all." Quit wasting your time on that. If the rigs can't even do it, and the rigs that can do it, are, they're such a small amount. They don't represent the vast majority of the consumer base. I just think there's a sweet spot of, yeah, we're pushing some things, we're doing some new things, but we're not we're not completely wasting time on specs and graphical thresholds that virtually no computer in existence can even run. A five-spot from Thorn. They'll be developing in workstations with Xeon processors, amper card, 64 RAM, ETC, but no one could afford that. Crimson Desert? I need to see raw gameplay. I don't know if what we're seeing is genuine. I feel the same way about Space Marine 2. Looks really pretty, but... Uh... My uh, my, Spidey sense is tingling. Those games don't seem. I don't feel like we're looking at actual gameplay. I think we're getting faked out. I do. I Space Marine two. I have serious doubts that its its ability to run smooth with what they've shown us. Um, there's just too much going on. There's too much. There's too much density of, of enemies and particles and explosions and I, I don't know. I don't know. And the same goes for Crimson Desert. I'm looking at that game thinking. Uh, I don't. I don't know if this is real. <laughs> it's really, really easy to to trick us and to you know fully render things. So, um, I feel like we've been having some issues today with chat. I'm gonna go ahead and refresh mine. Uh, also. We're going to be going over to this premiere in about 24 minutes. So if you guys want to make sure we hit this member goal, we have not missed it in... It's been almost an entire year. We started doing this November of last year. So we do need about 15 more members to hit that daily goal. I give 5 every 25, and we are starting out a brand new month with new goals. And you will be getting your, your rewards this month. We will be playing Mortal Kombat uh, one. I believe next week we can get in with Premium Edition Early Access. We'll also be doing the Jar Jar uh, Beat Saber stream. That'll be happening as well. And I don't think I'm forgetting any. I think those are the two that we nailed. <coughs> Take UE5, for example. It's like five years. We'll get really good usage out of its base level hardware caches uh, when it catches up and the devs learn how to optimize it. Patrick, thanks so much for gifting a member and he bumps the line to 10. Thank you guys so much. You guys can single gift this all the way there. Do a little single gifted train. There's almost 500 people here. Five bucks gifts a member and pays it forward to somebody else. Um, Philip has had time with Space Marine too. He says it's fantastic. I it's a vertical slice and didn't he even have questions about performance? I feel like he had questions about performance and it was even still. I mean, it's a vertical slice, so it's It's always hard to know. Thorn uh, jumps back in as a member plus. Zubair says, come on, y'all. We can do a little gifted member train here. Let's hit this daily goal before we have to go to this premiere. It's the holiday. Oh, yeah. I I, I expected a little bit of a lighter turnout today. I actually am very pleased with where it landed. I thought we were going to be quite a bit lower than where we ended up. Because I thought... A lot of my audience goes to work and listens, and a lot of people are not at work today. They're uh, they're propping their feet, you know? They're getting ready to grill out and go to the pool, you know? Space Marine 2 is going to be incredible. I hope it is. I hope it is. It's one of those ones where I look at it and I'm like, eh, I don't know if that's real. <laughs> that looks like a bunch of fully rendered video games. YouTube Larker. YouTube Lurker says, come on, y'all. I'll drop a big one. He drops a 10 bomb to get us all the way to 21. Last month, YouTube Lurker, the month prior, he was in the top six. And this last month, he dropped out of the top running. So he might be making a run. He might be saying, look, I'm going back for the tippity top. The Eknor Award went to... Uh Javier Codo, undeniable. Biggest problem uh with PC Starfield performance is primary uh people probably primarily using AMD, really? Oh, it's raining in Seattle, no grilling today. I mean, it is Seattle after all. Pushing past those visuals and losing frames degrades the visuals you're pushing anyways. Yeah, I don't get the statement. It runs it's it's the smoothest 30 FPS experience. I'm like, I don't I don't I don't know what that sentence doesn't make sense to me. Smooth and thirty FPS in the same sentence. I'm like, huh? What? What are you you talking about? (laughs) Looks beautiful when you stand still. (laughs) It's like, okay. When is it not raining in Seattle? That's right. That's right. (laughs) You guys, you guys have an annual holiday. The one day of the year it doesn't rain. <laughs> Everybody goes outside and gets sunburnt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> hmm. I don't remember a skill up mentioned much about performance. I remember he was absolutely loving the gameplay. I mean, that's encouraging. It is. But it's, it's a vertical slice. So it's like we just we never really know you know, if you're getting the genuine article, you know. We, we never know. Anybody here bought the pure dark DLSS mod for Starfield? Yeah, I, I didn't. Um, high fidelity and 30 FPS don't belong in the same sentence either. Yeah, it doesn't I don't get it. I, do, I don't get what people are doing. I really don't. I also don't understand why everybody's acting like both consoles are doing the same thing. It's like, is this what we're going to get? We're going to get a bunch of, you know, not pretty games running at 30. I'm like, I, I I don't, I don't have that problem over here. I have that problem on this, on my Xbox. Like that's like that. That's like the new narrative point is it's like, yeah, you know, we're just getting a bunch of not so pretty games at 30. So they're going to have to launch a pro console. I'm like, but that's not happening. What, what are you talking about? What, what, what do you mean? What, what games are you referring to? You think that Redfall and Starfield are a sign of the times? I was like when people... Uh, people do that with Gotham Knights. People had the nerve to do that with Gotham Knights. They're like, yep, guess these consoles just aren't strong enough. Yeah, Or maybe the game is a pile of trash. Maybe that. I don't, I don't know. If you've ever considered the other possibility that the game's garbage... That's possible as an explanation, right? Like Redfall. Is Redfall an indication of where we're headed this gen? I don't think so. There's too many games to the contrary. <laughs> There's too many games to the contrary. Yeah, man. <laughs> we're just, we're just, if these consoles just aren't strong enough, man. We're just going to get 30 FPS. Maybe over there. <laughs> Maybe over there, but not over here. I, brought the, I bought the frame gen mod. It's great, but I'd rather Bethesda actually did some optimization. What about Final Fantasy 60 on performance mode? It proves that you can run that game at 30. I'm sorry. It proves that they can run that game at 60 FPS. They literally turn off dynamic resolution when you're not in combat. That was a choice they made. It's not a weakness in the box. You got to learn how to diagnose a problem my car is having a real hard time making left turns right i don't know what the deal is well maybe it's your rotors maybe it's your alignment you have a flat tire right you got to diagnose the appropriate problem we've got a litany of games hitting high fidelity graphics and 60 fps on the ps5 final fantasy 16 hits Great-looking graphics, 60 FPS. It drops to 720. It's an internal resolution that's upscaled. You're playing Starfield at 900 then, okay? You want to play that game. You want to play that, you know, fake number game. Then you're always at 900 on your Series S then, right? It's called upscaling. Final Fantasy 16 can do 60 FPS. It's not a lack of power in the PS5. It was a choice that they made. It doesn't look the best on performance mode. That's subjective. I think it looks fantastic in combat. When I'm out of combat and they turn off dynamic resolution, it looks blurry and hitchy because it drops down into like the 30s and 40s. Again, that was a choice that they made as a developer. That's not the box is too weak. Burning Shores DLC makes this entire conversation superfluous. God of War Ragnarok, Ratchet and Clank, there are plenty of games right now where you can turn up the fidelity and still get 60 fps. They've got great-looking modes. They added an extra mode for Ratchet and Clank. It's not a weakness in the box. If that's if that's how we come to conclusions, you got to go to one game, one example of a creative decision that the developers made. They're like, "Well, we don't want dynamic resolution during exploration." Oh, okay. They specifically said they made sure it was close to lock 60 FPS in combat, which if you play the combat in that game, it's showing you just how strong the PS5 is. It looks remarkable. It looks great. Well, it drops to 720. Yes, 30 seconds of a Digital Foundry review that is nothing but praise about how great the game is, and that's you're going to use that as a representation of the product. It's seven. It's a 720 game. It's like yeah. In uh, w- one instance in an icon fight, they they drop the internal resolution to 720, and it's upscaled, and it's only noticeable when you're not playing. When I'm playing, I don't notice it. I've gotten in numerous of those icon fights, and it stays at 60, and it looks awesome. I don't ever notice it. God of War has a 1080 120. Yeah, Modern Warfare had a, had a 120 mode. I'm telling you there's this weird thing that happens it's like you know Redfall and Starfield come out and even Gotham Knights and it's like yeah these consoles just aren't strong enough it's like what are you what are you talking about I've got way more games hitting 60 and 120 than than we've ever had before And the other question I have for people is Wait, weren't you guys just months ago saying that your box had more 120 FPS games than the PS5? What about that? Guess these consoles just aren't strong enough. Well, then why are you flexing on 120? It sounds like you're making mutually exclusive claims. You notice the FPS outside of combat, though. Yes, and you're you're either not listening or you're just doing that thing where you ignore the point that I make. The FPS doesn't stay at 60 outside of combat because they turn off dynamic resolution that sentence is very easy to understand that sentence is not indicative of a weakness in the console it was a choice the developers made that's also a very easy to understand sentence can you understand what I'm saying if you're going to try to come to the conclusion that these boxes just aren't strong enough That's not evidence in your argument. There's also plenty of games to the contrary of your argument. You can look at plenty of games on the PS5 hitting 60 FPS, no problem. And they got really good looking graphics. It's not like I turn on 60 FPS and I'm suddenly playing some blurry, ugly game. But the internal resolution, if you really want to start cherry-picking internal resolution, then look at what the Series S smooth, great performance is doing. It's internally at 900. Do you want to cherry-pick internal resolution only when it's convenient? Or do you want to do it all of the time? Upscaling technology has gotten really, really good. Who cares if the game's internally 1080, upscaled to 1440? You can't tell most of the time when you're in full motion and full gameplay. There's a great video on this. The guy shows everybody standing still and he's like you can see the difference in the crisp the crispness right one's native one's upscaled he's like as soon as you start moving you can't tell that's my point if you're going to try to run that argument of like well these consoles just aren't strong enough there are not enough games to make that argument you've got really crappy games or really specific decisions that were made and it's like that does not substantiate that Oh, yeah, these boxes are just too weak to do 60. PS5 Pro three years after the default one. That's insane. What's next? New PlayStation every year. It'll be four years after it launched. You might want to do a little bit of recalculation because the PS5 Pro is estimated to come out late next year, 2024. That's four years. Do you want to do a little bit of research into when the PS4 Pro came out and, and, and count those years? You're going you're gonna to see, see the reality. You're going to see they did the exact same thing then. And this time, they're going to have more standard versions of the PlayStation 5 in circulation than they had standard versions of the PS4. Four years, homie. It's the halfway mark. If the life cycle of the PS5 is roughly eight to nine years and you drop a Pro four years in, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. And if you look at the PS4 Pro, it dropped earlier and there were less PS4s in circulation. I'm telling you, everybody's just making up these weird convoluted points that it's like, there's not any way for you to demonstrate in the market right now that these consoles are weak. You have really bad games. Gotham Knights was trash. Redfall. Trash. Starfield is arguably an old-gen game. If you look at all of its pieces and parts, it's not a next-gen game. There's nothing next-gen about it. I don't see any next-gen graphical fidelity, textures, world detail, none of that. Well, the scope of the game... No, 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 no. I don't see any evidence. I see loading screens everywhere, 30 FPS cap, and I don't see any next-generational graphics at all. You want to stand still on a really, really pretty spot and take a picture, that doesn't prove anything to me. And if those games are going to be your argumentation points of like, well, these boxes aren't really that strong, I'm going to be like, what about Modern Warfare 2 120 FPS mode? What about the 120 Hertz mode, 40 FPS mode that they added to Ratchet and Clank for VRR refresh monitors? What about Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores? What about God of War Ragnarok? What about Final Fantasy 16? Honestly, it, it looks amazing in combat. It hits 60 no problem. It maintains 60. Dynamic resolution works wonders. Have you seen Baldur's Gate 3 on PS5 performance mode? I had to switch to quality mode, unfortunately. Is Baldur's Gate 3 trash? I haven't played it. I haven't looked at what's going on. It was primarily a PC game in early access for three years and the port to PS5 might be rough. If a game gets ported from PC to PS5 and has some rough performance issues, that's not indicative of a weakness in the system. You once again are using a bad example. What about all the other examples of games that are doing just fine? What about those? What about Forza Horizon? What about what what about what about Demon Souls remake? What about Returnal? You know you see what I'm saying? There are way more games that demonstrate you can hit great performance on the, on these machines. Final Fantasy sixteen combat momentarily drops to 720 in one instance. It's an internal resolution. Outside of that, the combat, the resolution is 1296. Yeah, it was. It was literally one instance in one icon fight. One time. The rest of the time, it's not doing that. Again, that just shows you how insane dynamic resolution can really be. I mean, that's why they should just turn it on all the dadgum time, but I don't know what they're doing. Isn't Final Fantasy 720 during combat? Yes, if you believe lies on Twitter. It's internal resolution drops to 720 one time. Once. Internal, not display resolution. Just like Starfield's internal resolution on the Series S is 900. And it's upscaled to 1440. Everybody's doing upscaling technology. You just look at tweets and you see cherry pick stats. 720 is next gen. See, there you go. Just cherry picking. Just absolutely cherry-picking. Everybody does it. 1080 is not next-gen. 1080 internal, upscaled to 1440, is next-gen. Most games are doing that. Internal, upscaled to a higher resolution is literally common practice. But you don't know that because you follow people on Twitter who cherry-pick numbers and headlines like, yeah, Final Fantasy runs at 720. No, they're cherry-picking a stat. It's an internal resolution that's upscaled. It's dynamic resolution, meaning it goes up and down depending on the demands of the game. You you don't even notice it, like Eugene's saying. Like, you literally have to, like, screenshot it, freeze it, and, like, zoom in on one particular part of the screen. That was somebody doing a tech breakdown. You don't notice internal resolution drops. You don't. it with the go-ahead goal and the agent of chaos bumps us to 26 right here at the buzzer I wasn't even calling for it thank you Rissick that would be saying that Final Fantasy 16 runs at 720 is just as dishonest as saying Starfield runs at 7 FPS it's not it's not true It's not true. There's like one or two instances in towns where Starfield drops to like a zero FPS or like a seven FPS. It's a full game hitch. It's not, the game doesn't run at that. It doesn't. How does Final Fantasy look and feel during combat? It looks and feels amazing. You don't even notice what people talk about. You don't even notice it. That's the beauty of dynamic resolution. It's like if everything's in full motion, you don't see it it's like there's <laughs> explosions happening there's a dragon there's a there's a giant being that you're fighting as come on it's ridiculous why is nobody talking about armored core what do you mean why is nobody talking about it so it still drops during combat lol so you still don't understand what dynamic resolution is lol Do do you know what dynamic resolution is, Kyle? Do you understand how it works? I feel like I noticed it when I played. Listen, everybody's experience is subjective. So if you notice it, okay, fine. That's not what we're talking about. We are talking about whether or not you can demonstrate with the games that have come out, are these boxes too weak to get 60 FPS? You can't demonstrate that. You can't. Demon Souls Remake, Returnal, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores. Uh, Modern Warfare 2 has a 120 FPS mode. Final Fantasy 16 holds 60 FPS in combat. All these games show it's like it's the, the box isn't too weak. Well, but they, they, you don't maintain 60 outside of combat because they turn off dynamic resolution. Is the box too weak? No, because they demonstrate in the combat that with dynamic resolution, it can hit 60 FPS. Yeah, GT7, another game, Gran Turismo 7. You can't demonstrate it. You think Gotham Knights, Redfall, and Starfield are examples of games that like, well, that's the standard going forward. That's the standard going forward. You just can't we just can't hit we just can't hit th- we can't hit sixty. What what? Those those are those are not examples. You know what's funny? You remember Playtale Requiem? It was another game that people said, Yeah, you just can't hit 60. These boxes are too weak. Really? It's so interesting that seven months later they added a 60 FPS patch. It's so odd. Almost as if the Series X is strong enough to do it. Huh. Who would have thought? (laughs) Who who, would have thought? You know? (laughs) It's so funny how, like, Plague Tale Requiem was a game people kept referencing. They're like, these boxes just aren't strong enough. You can't do it. And they're like, well, we'll just push out a patch later. the people running that argument it's not a facts based argument you're not you're not you're not deducing that you're not looking at like a pattern in the market and then deducing it and being like well i've deduced that these boxes aren't strong enough cuz all evidence points to the contrary they had to reduce a lot of stuff to achieve that okay and that's what performance modes do that's 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 what you get when you do to you know the 120 mode in modern warfare Also, if you're going to push the narrative that these boxes aren't strong enough to do 60 FPS, aren't you undercutting all the narrative points from months ago about Eats Monsters, strongest console, more 120 FPS games than the PlayStation 5? Aren't you utter undercutting all those narrative points? Don't you remember... Don't you remember? Just months ago, it was, yeah, the Xbox Series S has more 120 FPS games than the PS5, and this thing eats monsters, and this is the most powerful console, and now the whole narrative is, well, these boxes just aren't strong enough. Okay, you gotta pick one. It seems to me like people conveniently choose narratives because of their prior commitments and their loyalty. They don't they don't come to these narratives and these argumentation points from deduction and logic and reason. It's I no, I gotta defend this, so I gotta come up with some way of framing this. I mean, months ago it was all about frame rate. It was all about we have more 120 FPS games than you do, and now it's well I don't think these boxes are strong enough. Huh? We gotta go to this premiere about there are rumors about a state of play for Spider-Man 2. Do me a favor. I need everybody right now to smash like before we get out of here. And then click the link in chat. There's a link in chat. I'm gonna send you guys over to this premiere. There are rumors. I think we're getting a state of play this month. It's gonna be about Spider-Man. Let's go check out these rumors and then we can hang out as members. I owe you guys five members so head over to the premiere. That's where I'm gonna do it. Smash like on the way out. We could easily hit 400 likes on this video and then smash like on the premiere when we get over there.